Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reactionaries Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, how is your day going today? It's going fine. Go Danny Dimes. Go Danny Dimes, because fantasy football is back, which means real football is back, which means the 49ers definitely didn't uh, disappoint us yesterday. I call him Mulligan. <laughs> you plead the fifth on the 49ers? <laughs> So if this is your first episode of the Reactionaries podcast, what we do is we watch bad action movies and we go over them for you so that you don't have to watch them. And we do it with a little bit of comedy, a little bit of jokes, a little bit of insight. Joe caught something in this movie that is incredible and something I didn't I didn't see. Joe, Joe's got the eagle eye. Um, so if this is your first episode, this is part of Seagal September, which we're going through four Steven Seagal movies. We've watched Glimmer Man last week. This week is Ticker. Next week is 2007's Flight of Fury, which, Joe, we finally get to learn if, how Bonanza-stan is pronounced. <laughs> Bonanza-stan? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Bananastan? B- Bananastan? Bananastan. Yeah, there's always money in the Bonanza-stan. Um, and then after that is Beyond the Law, 2019. And then starting October, there's a movie called Against the Dark, where Steven Seagal fights zombies and vampires. And that takes us into Halloween. So... Uh, like I said, this movie's 2001's Ticker. We had some confusion in the pre-action, which if you listen to that, I give this whole spiel about it, how it came out in 2001, and then IMDb lied to me and said it was 2000. I looked into it. My spiel was correct, Joe. It came out after 9-11. Terrorist movie after November 2011. Not going to do too great, I don't think. But it's Irish terrorists, and those aren't real. Well, sometimes Dennis Hopper is Irish. (laughs) He's only Irish sometimes. Sometimes he's Dennis Hopper on command. Just a a dead-on Dennis Hopper impression. I like to think that Dennis Hopper can't do an Irish accent unless he hears it, and then he can, like, hold on to it. And he could, like, like when I was watching Sons of Anarchy Season 2, I think that's the one where they go to Ireland, I could do a spot-on Irish accent. Couldn't couldn't before, couldn't since. But when I was watching that, I could kill it with an Irish accent. I always do Scottish instinctively. Like, yeah. if you just say, hey, do an Irish, I'll do a Scottish accent. But you're right. If I hear Irish, like, if I see a Lucky Charms commercial, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, in so in Santa Barbara, uh, every summer, do you remember the Irish would come the in Irish, every summer? Yes, the Irish, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, Irish Invasion. Irish Invasion, yeah. The, the, the Irish Rumspringa, which was in uh, IV every year. Uh, right. I figured out the way to get into it is for three, say, tree yeah okay yeah and then like uh like um luck is look look or luke 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 yeah like it's a little luke no i don't know what that is no that was that was some sort of british accent so joe why don't we get into to ticker and we'll talk more about dennis hopper's amazing selective accent but you got some some financials for us on this one yeah, let me run the numbers. Tick, 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 tick. We need some, like, sound effects for these bits. Uh, so this movie was made in 2001. Ticker. Directed by Albert Pion. Pion? Who? Albert Pion. Which I guess is he's an underground, like, cult uh, director. Oh, okay. So he's yeah. got a bit of a name. Yeah, because in, um, in some of these, people are like, I thought this was going to be a, a normal... Uh, 
Albert Pune movie, but it was terrible. And I was like, who is Albert Pune? But, <laughs> but people, you're saying that like, like that, like it's Scorsese. Like, yeah, that's going to be classic Scorsese. Or like, I think it's more along the lines of like Sam Raimi before Sam Raimi got big, where he just oh, okay. does like, like, but I mean, his movies are like Cyborg, Radioactive Dreams, The Sword and the Sorcerer, Nemesis 5, like nothing good. Never heard but, of it. But I mean, this dude's prolific. He's done 54 movies in the last since 1982. Oh wow! Yeah, so somebody keeps um, paying him to do stuff. Oh, he did Kickboxer too. Nice. He did 1990. There apparently there was a Captain America movie in 1990. Oh, okay, that'd be pretty sweet. And he did it. it. Has Ned Beatty, Joe? You know, if we make it to the next September, we should do like superhero September. I approve. <laughs> done. All right. All right, Joe, how much money did this make? This movie, well, let's start off with how much money it spent. It had a whopping $7 million to work with, which, how? That was all spent on Dennis Hopper's uh, uh, accent coach. That's what happens. Exactly. That's what happens when you bring in a lot of big name actors or established actors, and then you only have $7 million to work with. Yeah, uh, not a lot good happens there. Yeah, box office receipts. Jeff, this movie made three hundred and seventy-nine thousand dollars. Three hundred seven. Don't we have it down to the dollar? And seven hundred and thirty-nine dollars. Yeah. Well, last week we said if you have to get into two two digits when you're talking about the amount of money that you made, like one point two three million dollars, it's probably not a good sign. When you get down to the dollar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's definitely not a good sign. When you don't even like round up, like it's that down means to- you, yeah, that means your production company brought in a whole team of accountants to find out where this money went. Yeah, exactly. If you know exactly how much money you made, yeah, that's a that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, so there there are your numbers. And remember, this was a good year. That was during uh, we talked about those movies in the last podcast. Yeah. A uh, lot, lot of great movies came out in 2001, which I didn't say it off the top. Go back one episode in the feed and we talk about the trailer. It's called The Preaction. And if you haven't listened, listen to that one first, because I guess what happens in this movie. And Joe and I have differing opinions on how correct I was. Yeah, but we both, I would say together, we came to a very solid understanding. Of yeah, what you, got the, you got the twist. We knew there was a twist because the trailer said Jamie Presley has a secret. Yeah. And... You thought it was because she was the bad guy, and I thought it was because she was the bad guy's daughter, and we'll get there. We'll get there, guys. Uh, so you ready, Jeff? You ready to run in? Yes. Head first? That's the He's only way in. I know how to go, Joe. He's in, Jeff. Like like ripping off a Band-Aid. Just like ripping off a Band-Aid. Uh, I'll walk you through it, Jeff. All right? Okay. Just listen to me. Uh, so we are in SF, and we have a news reporter narrating over the credits. Uh, and he's saying a bunch of stuff and they're out. Actually, it's a bunch of news reporters and they're outside a Senator. Oh, outside Senator Wyman's mansion. Mm-hmm. It's a hostage hostage situation and a bomb squad has been called in. That's what we know. Yeah. yeah. And this movie is already chaos because they started off with the, the trope say. that's that's supposed to be like, oh, here's all the news reports where they're like flipping through the news reports. But what they do instead is they have like the credits going and it's just the all the news reports, just the audio just overlaid. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just like cacophonic like, sounds. Yeah. It sounds like you're in a room of people trying to yell over each other. And it's just it's already I'm like I put my notes already off the top. I hate this movie. 
Yeah, like, I was like, I already they've made one decision and I already hate it. It's such a bad feeling, like, like right off the bat. And then Jeff, it doesn't get any better with the visuals because we have a clusterfuck of agencies that surround this mansion. Yes. Let's start with the top. Police are there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Army is there. Mm-hmm. Yep. ATF is mm-hmm. there. FBI is mm-hmm. there. There's SWAT teams there. There's bomb squad there. <laughs> there is so like the the joke about was it South Park where they just kept having people come in and be like this is my jurisdiction now like I feel like that's what would happen or <laughs> just just keep stacking on top of each other. Yeah. So um, ATF finally takes the reins and they start mm-hmm. descending on this mansion. Which why why is it alcohol, tobacco, and firearms is the one in charge? They're just the ones with the most initiative. <laughs> I imagine them just They said it first. It's like when you're in a meeting and you like somebody's like uh, you know, we should uh who's who's going to get on this project? And you like sneeze, they're like Jenkins, you're on the project. It's like, Great. Mm. <laughs> Jenkins, I like that initiative. He's like, god yeah. damn it. <laughs> I just um, had too much pepper in my nose. Yeah. So this is where the senators captured. So they're descending on this mansion. Mm-hmm. And the Russian captor is arguing with a negotiator about not getting his hundred million fast enough, which back in 2001 used to be a lot of money. Yeah. Although from these actors, you don't know if it's a lot of money or not because neither one of them can act. That's true. (laughs) Do you know why neither, do you know why the, you ask, where did the money go? The guy who plays the terrorist, uh, what's his name? He's the, uh, yeah, he's the ADA. Yeah. I could have guessed that. Uh, um so steven seagal has arrived and they call they call him mr glass just just like uh uh is this an m night Shyamalan like twist in this movie it's an m night uh reference you know who else shows up too equally important romani malco the the guy from um 40 old virgin and weeds Oh, he shows up later, though. He shows up at the... Oh, he was in the credits at this point. That's what it was. Because yeah, I, yeah, I wrote yeah. his name down, and I was so excited. That's right. Oh, you knew his name. I just... I didn't even know him until I saw him. There you go. Uh, head of terrorist is Milos. 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 That's, uh, the AD, that's the ADA. From the Balkans. Yeah. And the negotiator says he's killed three people and armed a bomb. Wait. Then he armed a bomb in a basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So Glass says, Milos, he's very dangerous. Watch your back. He's on a first name basis with this terrorist, <laughs> this Balkan terrorist named Milos. If you oh. like, we got John inside. Oh, John, he's a bad guy. <laughs> he's a bad dude. Barred fifty bucks from me. Never paid me back. Never paid me back. Very but also, yeah. Also, yeah, no shit. He just told you he killed three people and armed a bomb. <laughs> and has a $100 million ransom going. Yeah, what the hell? What an what, observation. What, what was funny here, too, is the the guy who's in charge of this whole operation, he sounds like he's from a video game, like like a, like a cut scene in a video game. Yeah. And then he says the most, the line that sounds most like you're going from a cut scene into action that I've ever heard in any movie ever. Yeah. So... As the ATF and guys are like surrounding the, the the mansion, he says, "There's more than money at stake here. The senators counting on you." 
and then like cuts to them. I'm like, dude, that is like the camera pans over. The it fade. goes from like cutscene, yeah, fade cutscene into you controlling the character. Like that's the most cutscene line I've ever heard in a movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, does anyone have control of this operation? I see FBI guys mixed in with the ATF guys now. Nobody's in charge. <laughs> it's just a real like, just do what feels right situation. It's like yeah. a. Was it Waldorf school where it's like, just, just learn how, how, yes, how you, yeah. you should learn. <laughs> but guys. it's like Waldorf policing, just police how you think you should police. Yeah. The Waldorf police Academy where it's just like, they give them Play-Doh and they're like, you know, if you feel like you got to shoot someone, shoot them. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know what? You know what? I got a pair in a uh, hostage negotiation. Um, I think that, that, that trumps your elephant. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the lead on this one. <laughs> uh, Glass then enters through the basement and he finds a bomb. I, why are there tunnels in this house? That's the basement, the, the basement is like, it looked like the cleaned up version of where the stuff in the assignment went down. Like, it's just like underground tunnels and like steam everywhere and just like giant random pipes. Like right. this looks like the catacombs of an office building, not some somebody's basement. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Also, um, they, they, the, why does the bomb squad bring guys in from a helicopter to drop down to go into the basement when ATF and everybody is... I don't understand. I, they got a helicopter. They were like, we have to use this helicopter as much as possible. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Glass, uh, Glass says, looks like we've got ourselves a ticker. Hey, Wait. he said the name of the movie, Joe. Wait, ticker means bomb? I thought they were referring to Seagal's old shitty heart. Oh, come on, Joe. He's got a bad ticker. He's obsessed with tickers in this movie, so maybe he's on like a heart replacement list and he just keeps thinking about tickers. Maybe. Ticker, ticker, ticker. Dude, so this is what I, this scene, these guys are supposed to be like an elite squad or whatever. They have the worst operational security in the world. Their OPSEC is a mess. They're just like running around in this basement, just like yelling at each other and just like yeah. the walkie talkie super loud. And it's like guys could just be like hanging around every corner and just pop you guys and know exactly where you are. It right, was right. it was insane. Also, we saw Steven Seagal run again. It was very short. Did we? We, saw, we saw him run again. Yeah, I missed it. It it looks bad. Joe, <laughs> he didn't get any better at running in the intervening years. Now I got to go watch his movie again. Uh, so the negotiator says not to fire. Someone whispers, shooter at uh, shooter at six o'clock. And then the shooting breaks out everywhere. Yeah. This is a really weird moment in this scene. Because like it feels like the person holding the camera says that. Yeah, it does. I didn't think about that. <laughs> it was such a weird, like, moment where you think, like, is somebody behind him and then shooting stick? I, I don't know. I, it was it was hard to even follow what's going on here. Um, Guys are falling from roofs. Random restaurant scene where servers pull out guns and start shooting at patrons and yeah. some chefs die. Yeah, chefs get shot at. Like, I guess this was some sort of banquet in the mansion. They- but they do a really terrible job of like the only reason, you know, it's you're like, oh, this must be a banquet is because guys in giant chefs like Ratatouille chefs, chef's hats get killed. Right. And so you're like, OK, so I guess there was a banquet or something going on. And then. But this room is huge to be in a mansion. This is yeah. like an event center. It's like the whole inside of the mansion. Right. Just, like gutted out for this this thing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. 
so it's hard. Yeah, this scene feels like it's taking place in two separate places, really. There, there's a lot of things in this movie that feel like they're like they take place somewhere else like interspersed yeah yes um yeah so glass finally cuts a wire on this bomb and says it was a decoy and then leaves so good job i guess (laughs) he's done he's like there's a decoy there's another bomb somewhere else which we learn later this is his attitude he's like look it's not my job to find the bombs I defuse the bombs. And if it's the wrong bomb, then so be it. I'm done. I came to this bomb. I'm not going to another bomb. <laughs> he, he defuses the bomb. He's like, anybody want falafels? I'm feeling like lunch? falafels. Yeah. Can we get out of here? Is it lunch yet? Uh, Dennis Hopper arrives, unlocks a safe with a separate bomb inside. And then Dennis Hopper <laughs> gives his classic line. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. Which I'm guessing that's got to be a jingle. I'm guessing for like Pac Bell or something in the in the 80s and 90s. Or like the 50s. It's like a Dennis Hopper. Like he heard that as a kid and was and like, "Hey, I'm gonna slip this in this movie. Won't that be fun?" Yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna this." Will, he's like, "This will be a little Easter egg for the folks." Yeah, it just comes off really fucking weird and annoying. Um, then the vault bomb goes off, killing many people. And flinging a cop face first into a windshield. Crazy shot. <laughs> Not like face first into the windshield. Like you you catch this like, oh, look at that guy. He goes face first in the windshield. There's, the camera is inside the car. Yeah. Pointed at the windshield. And this guy just slams his face into it. Blood smears on it. That is insane. And what I don't understand, and this is a thing in this movie. Dennis Hopper's bombs seem to be like four or five bombs. And some of them are like in cop cars. Yeah. <laughs> so they couldn't be connected to the ones in the house. Yeah. There's just this happens again when he sets off more bombs. There's like a bomb and then there's like several other bombs that explode that don't make I guess they could be like RFI or you know like uh, radio frequencies but they're like in the cop cars. It doesn't make any sense. It's very confusing. Yeah. Um and and he, yeah, it's weird cuz like the evolution of how he's detonating these bombs throughout the movie. There's like, it seems like there's 20 different ways that he can detonate bombs. Yeah. Except for all of them, he can hit five and detonate a bomb. That seems right. to, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways to, to activate these. And then Joe, Steven Seagal and uh, the squad chief are very broken up about this, right? Uh, do, do they take it well? No, they just sit there like, okay, so I bought these cool pens, all right? And I got like 15 of them for like 20 bucks on Amazon. I really like these pens. I get more upset about losing this pen than these guys seem to be about (laughs) uh, killing dozens of people. Like, they're just like, hmm, hmm, well, that's disappointing. Whiffed on that one. (laughs) That one's on me, guys. All right. uh, Falafel? Falafel? Is it lunch? I feel like it's lunch. (laughs) Uh, so one year later, that's yeah. always a great, I mean, that's, that's the hallmark of a great movie. Great narrative device. Uh, we get Sizemore, Tom Sizemore and Nas, and they are spying on some shady shit. Mm-hmm. These two seem like they're both talking to themselves. <laughs> Did you yeah. notice that? Two different scenes going on in the same car is what <laughs> it feels like. Just they're- waiting for the other two to finish talking. Yeah, they're just talking past each other. It's wild. Um, And nobody, so far, nobody can act in this movie. We're not to a single person who can act. 
True. And we've already got two major actors and in this movie. Like, yeah, so. Joe. Our, we uh I'm re- this made this part made me really excited for all the uh upcoming Tom Sizemore Steven Seagal scenes that happened in this movie <laughs> where they just kind of mumble at each other in varying uh tones. Dude, it's like a piece of dry toast. Every piece of dialogue between these guys is just like dry unbuttered toast. Um Sizemore says, "You sure about this guy?" Nas silence. Sizemore Let's do it. I don't like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just like, are you sure? He's like, mm. all right, all right. You convinced me. Grunt. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, he just like looks and he's like, all right, you convinced me. Yeah. I don't like this guy. Uh, gangster is doing lines off of Coke while Chili dances. Yeah. And nobody says you to bomb, baby. No one says you to bomb, baby. So they, they cut that in. Sizemore and Nas bust up the party. Nas seems to know Chili. Who's name, who's name Lily, while Sizemore slaps the gangster uh, across the back of the head like he's 12. Yeah. Chili, Lily. I like to think they did the thing where, where he kept like trying to say a different name. And they're like, all right, why don't we just make it very similar to your name? <laughs> and then we go from there. Uh, Nas says, Lily, what the fuck you doing here? Lily says, I was trying to make some money for my baby. Before you assholes come up in here. Uh, she's coming in hot. <laughs> she some, is spicy, yeah. For someone surrounded by cocaine. <laughs> with with the yeah, with the cops. Uh, Nas says, Yeah, well I thought you was supposed to be in a fucking shelter. Lily says, Too many junkies in there. What you gonna give me a place to live? A what is the nature of Nas and Chili's relationship? <laughs> no idea. There is a relationship there, cousins. Boyfriend, girlfriend, brother, sister, uh, neighbors, childhood friends. It could be any of these. It could any be like these. a hooker that he busted last year. It could be Nas's child. For all we know. Exactly. Teenage daughter. There, there is a relationship, the nature of it, and no idea. She could be a CI. She could. <laughs> That's originally what I had thought, but no. Yeah, there are so many things that she could be, but... That we know there's a relationship, but we don't know what. It's it's irrelevant because she disappears very soon. She's gone. She gets a credit in the trailer, which it's not like, you know, uh, it's not like Beyonce. You know, this is like chili. It's just part of TLC. Why is she in the trailer? But the guy later in this movie, who we'll talk about later, is not in the trailer. Equally, equally. Zed. Is that what you're talking about? No, not Zed. Uh, okay. The rapper that's on later on in this movie. Oh, right. Yeah. Both of those guys are bigger names than Chili. And yeah. she's there for two seconds. And and the, the rapper is equally consequential. Correct. Uh, so for a woman who is anti-junkie, she picked a weird place to hang out and look for work. Yeah. With uh, with uh, plenty of junkies. Yeah. Uh, Sizemore wants to arrest her. Nas wants to take her to rehab. Chili's tone changed quick. Now she's sad and, yeah, and wants she cal- little mercy. She calmed down real fast. Sizemore grabs some hundreds, gives them to Chili, tells her to scram. Sizemore says, you're lucky you got a daughter. Thanks. <laughs> this this movie, this whole movie's a mess. This movie's already off the rails. Like, nothing has happened. This movie is already off the rails. Right, right, right. Um, Nas's name is Fuzzy. 
Fuzzy says Sizemore must conquer his demons if he wants his detective status back. So what is he right now if he's not a detective? He's just <sighs> a guy in the police department. Yeah, he's not uh, like a patrolman. No, he's not like a, 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 a uniformed officer or anything like that. I wonder if he's on some sort of like comeback from suspension or like. like well, I some would guess of... he's come back from a bereavement leave from what we learn later in this movie. But that's right. But that was like two years ago. Like what? What's the deal? I don't know. Uh, maybe they'll get into it, Jeff. Fingers crossed. Uh, yes. But... There's one thing you can count on in this movie is it's explaining things that they bring up. Right. Now we're back at Bomb Squad headquarters. Glass is still investigating that case from a year ago. Five minutes ago, our time. <laughs> yeah, um, that's correct. It's like his white whale. Yeah. 500 pounds of Semtex is in IRA possession. This is a pop-up that shows up on the screen. Like he Google, like he basically like goes into his computer and he's like looks looks in the cop database. It's like Semtex shipments. Like that's what he's looking up. Like like there's bills of lading for Semtex, and right. he can just like track this database. And there's just like a pop up. Like it like uh, and it says, hey, the IRA's got 500 pounds of Semtex. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, he's the San Francisco PD bomb squad. Right. Why does he care about the IRA? And there's I don't Semtex. know. What are the, what is the IRA doing in San Francisco? <laughs> it's just Joe, I don't know. I IRA, it's it, correct me if I'm wrong here because like I will not claim to know everything about the IRA, but it's my understanding that they were a terrorist group against Ireland or the British government. They, they were against the British government. Yeah, yeah. It, they were Irish separatists is what they were. They wanted freedom from the UK. Right. So they had no beef with America or San Francisco or any of these people over here. But I guess they like got imported to help. It doesn't make any sense because we find <laughs> OK, we find out we find out Dennis Hopper builds bombs for people. That's why he's helping with the Balkan terrorists and stuff. He's basically a bomb maker for hire. Right. But in this one, he he like seems to get very involved with like the operations afterwards it's like you take your car to like your mechanics and then he like right. fixes it and then he like drives it home for you and like washes it and is like hey is everything working okay and you're like yeah it's fine he's like all right let me take it for another test drive let me let me top off the floor like it's very hands-on he's, he's like taking out like a week later he's taking prostitutes out on dates and it's like wait a minute <laughs> yeah he's like oh i made a copy of the key it's fine don't worry about it i'm just checking to make sure my work is good like he's very hands-on for somebody who's a bomb for hire right um, so, but the other thing is like, if he is a IRA, maybe he was former IRA, but they're saying IRA has 500 pounds of Semtex. So they're, they're acting like he's still part of the IRA, which like, clearly he's not if he's over here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, maybe it's like, you know, once you're in, you know, once you're in uh like the Taliban, you're always in the Taliban. You're in for life. Maybe. For life. Blood in, blood out. Blood in, blood out. Uh, so pussy on a pedestal guy from 40-year-old virgin <laughs> is part of the squad. That's Romany. Romany Malco. Um, yep. So remember Fast and the Furious, Joe? We had so much car gibberish. We just wrote car gibberish. I was so happy oh. that we got bomb gibberish. Talking bomb specs, just bomb gibberish right here. Which I didn't even know existed. It's quite a thing to be almost 35 and not know that something exists. Like when you see, hear something for the very first time. I never knew bomb 
bomb people were this intricate, like or, like had this much information. I so this is what I thought. This I thought this is how you made a bomb. You get like a fishbowl, you like spray paint it black, you put gunpowder in there, you take a long rope, <laughs> you light the rope, and then it explodes. Yeah, that's the way the bomb is. Simple stuff. Simple stuff. Simple ticker, Joe. Uh, that's a standard ticker. Uh, amateur stuff, or whatever he calls it later. Uh, IRD stands for instant retirement device, which is a bomb. Uh, but it's also what I would call Seagal's last 40 movies. Joe? Yeah? You got him. You got I him. I He's fucking done. Killed him. He's toast. Bye, Seagal. Moving Get on. Out. Get out. Get out. And take your stupid uh, Entenmann's donut beard with you that you got now. <laughs> now it's nighttime, and Nas and Sizemore is still walking. <laughs> One of the, like, six dozen times this movie just takes random liberties with what time it is. But this one is the most noticeable, because they started walking during the day. And <laughs> they're just like, of, hey, like, we're just going to go walk to a bar. Joe, this isn't even the most noticeable, because later on, there's a scene with Dennis Hopper where he, as he starts to walk away from a car, it's daytime. <laughs> he, like, hits the stairs, and it's nighttime. Oh, no, it's nighttime, and then he hits the stairs, and it's daytime. Oh, my God. He walked maybe 15 feet. <laughs> like, we don't know. We don't, because Sizemore and Nas went to a bar. Because he was right. like, let's go get a drink. So we don't know how long they were in this bar. So conceivably, they are in there for like three, four hours. But this one, <laughs> Sizemore is just like walking. And it's like night, 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 day. It's insane. It's just insane. Uh, Nas gives Sizemore some life coaching. When Sizemore notices a shady delivery truck, Hopper spots Nas and Seagal. No, it's not Seagal, it's Sizemore. Uh, yeah. Hopper spots Nas and Sizemore and hides. Jamie Presley pops out. Sizemore grabs her, tries to get her to calm down by saying he's police. Uh, did he not just willfully, did he not just see her willfully stroll out of the truck? Because I did. Yeah, like he's, he, he, she comes out of the truck. She's spooked by him. So clearly he's like, all right, I think she's bad. And then yeah. she's scared. So I'm going to calm her down by telling her that her fears are correct. That I am, in fact, the police and I am here to bust her. But there is a period here where it fe- throughout the movie, it's hard to tell what Sizemore thinks of this of Jamie Presley, because it seems like he thinks she's a hostage. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that <laughs> when he's both the good cop and the bad cop. <laughs> yeah, he can't decide. <laughs> we'll get to that. You can't pick one. Uh, Jamie Presley. Uh, we got that one. Uh, Hopper aims gun at Sizemore. Nas taps Sizemore on shoulder instead of just taking the clear shot that he has. So I got to set this up. It, they're basically standing next to each other. Hopper aims his gun mostly at Nas. Nas taps uh, Sizemore on the shoulders like, hey, you know. He's going to shoot you. Just he's gonna heads shoot up. You. And basically just taps him and then Sizemore moves like an inch. And then <laughs> and then Nas goes to aim his gun. It's like, dude, you could have just aimed the gun and shot Hopper. Yeah, you, he could have like come. Yeah, he could have just come around the corner and just blah. But no, he's like, yeah, he's just like, hey, buddy, why don't you take like two steps? And yeah. then he's he's just slowly aims his gun at Dennis Hopper. And Surprise. Hopper's just standing there. <laughs> and did he put did I miss? Did Sizemore punch out Jamie Presley? No, he looked, did. I didn't put that in there. Okay, he, I must have missed it because I'm like, is Jamie Presley dead? Because she's just like, like, just like dead weight in his arm. 
He sucker punches her right in the eye. Okay, I know he does that later. So I guess that's his go-to move. No, because she has a gigantic shiner. In the, shiner. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Nas gets shot, of course, because he sucks at <laughs> this. Uh, there's a standoff between Sizemore and Hopper. Sizemore has a gun to Jamie Presley's head. Oh, I said also punches her when she tries to escape. Okay, so the, we didn't miss it because, like, he has her. And then she, like, tries to escape him and he clocks her right in the face. Yeah. Uh, third gunman comes and has a clear shot at Sizemore, but Hopper calls him off because he might hit Jamie Presley. And then Hopper leaves. Uh, so to his dying breath, Nas is life coaching. Okay. <laughs> Dude, this is, I, I had to Google and you know what, Joe, this was nominated. Oh, this what? acting best supporting actor. Yeah. 2001 to, to Nas. Yeah, amazing. Just yeah, an amazing job here by Nas. He makes a lot of revolutionary choices in this in this scene alone. He does uh, what like every kid who's pretending to die does. He's like, <laughs> they shot me. They got me, Tom Sizemore. You gotta live though. You gotta live on and bear your demons. You gotta bear your demons. It's cold. It's Is cold. there a draft in here? Yeah, <laughs> Is there a draft in here? <laughs> It's cool, man. Oh, watch. The, okay. So I would recommend just at least if you watch, just go watch Nas's death scene. Cause it was the funniest thing in the world. It was stick around for after he's dead because he dies with his eyes open. Yep. And Sizemore shakes his dead body in frustration while his eyes are open. And that causes his eyes to close. To close. <laughs> like the fourth shake. Oh, it's cold. Yeah, and he tells him to let go of his demons before it's too late. Right. And at this point, we're like, what are his demons? Which, okay, real quick, we find out later, Dennis Hopper is more than willing to let people die. Is it because of... At this point, I thought I was correct about her being his daughter. But actually, now I talk it out, I know why he was like, he's risking everything to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought it through. And then we get San Francisco back to the station, baby. Yeah. Back at the station, Sizemore is Detective Nettles. We get his name. Um, and he stupid has, name. It's stupid a, name. They're all stupid names. <laughs> um, he has his own Stasiak named Artie, played by the biggest piece of shit in every movie he's ever been in. That's Peter Green. Yeah. You guys don't know who Peter Green is? is? He's Zed in Pulp Fiction. He is Redfoot in The Usual Suspects. He is... The main bad guy in The Mask. Mm-hmm. He sucks Which, in every movie. I watched The Mask last weekend, and it just completely flew past me when I was watching this. Because you, I was like, because I texted you, I was like, what is his problem? Because he just like he shows up like three times in this movie, and he basically just walks up and just like shoves Tom Sizemore every time, <laughs> and is like, you want to go? And you're like, what is this guy's problem? Yeah, he always like shoves. And is like, hey, watch where you're going, rook. <laughs> yeah. What is this guy? And you were like, yeah, he sucks in every movie he's in. And then I looked him up and you were like, he's dead. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sucks in every uh, movie. Nettles wants in, but Internal Affairs is investigating him. Because uh, I guess they think he shot us. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, dude. It's pretty cut and dry what happened it's there. It's very cut and dry. Like, why is IA investigating him? Uh, and uh, this is his boss is uh, Tobias Fornell from NCIS. This is the guy that I was like, that is Gibbs's like best friend. Oh, okay. His boss. Yeah. 
Uh, Nettles finds a watch with In Memory of Brandon engraved on the back and Jamie Presley's bracelet, which is wrapped in detonator wire. Mm-hmm. Um, we later find out it's made out of Semtex. Uh, people have been declared suspects for far fewer evidence. <laughs> yeah. She's got, she's got the wire. Yeah. So she's got a bracelet that basically says, I'm the bad guy involved with the bombs. And they're like, I don't know. We still got a, I don't know. Yeah. She was seen with like leaving a van willingly with the terrorists. Mm-hmm. Uh, she struggled when the police tried to save her. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know. <laughs> He was like, I'm the police. And she wasn't like, oh, thank God. Right. That's usually a red flag. <laughs> That's a red flag. Yeah. Uh, Chief lets Nettles in on the case. Artie thinks he's an asshole for wanting to avenge his friend. His partner, who they've been probably been together for years. Right. Uh, now we're at the bomb squad, Jeff. And uh, front desk girl is using the bomb diffusing arm to pour her coffee phone gabbing about making out with a guy during work hours and listening to generic late nineties music. This scene has like all of the nineties tropes for, isn't this crew so wacky and they play by their own rules. Like they got the bomb squad robot pouring them coffee. She's yeah. talking about making out with a guy on the phone with her mom. She thinks that, uh, nettles is the pizza guy she's right. like a, she's like an alt girl it's like they hit all of the just like look how zany this bomb squad is sort of deal yeah got, it's like, like a, a it's like a college a, club more than it's yeah actual, yeah than the bomb squad because they're they're just like they just do what they want and they get the job done right uh and they turn out on the weekends they uh, get lit as the kids say so turns out front desk girl was talking to her mom on the phone oh boy <laughs> Uh, girl directs Nettles to Bomb Squad, making entire scene unnecessary. Completely pointless. Because he could have gone, hey, where's the Bomb Squad? To a random person in the office. At the said, station. Oh. Yeah, just like he could have asked, like, his boss. Like, hey, yeah. who? And nope, he's got to go down to Bomb Squad, get in her, get it confused for the pizza guy, and then, then just show up. Him. Just show up. He just like wanders into their truck and is like, hello. Right. <laughs> they're like, they're not. We find out they're not. There's not actually a bomb, but they're in the middle of an operation. And he just like barges in. He's like, what is this? Right, right, right. That comes that comes a little later. I know. So, I'm just I'm just saying it's just like that. Yeah. We'll get we'll get there. Sorry. Uh, No, that's all good. Fisherman's Wharf is where we're at now. And Hopper yammers on about synchronicity. Mm-hmm. And his name is Swan. We find out. His two henchmen are Duggar and Vershbow. Great names. Do you think he's related to Miss, Miss Swan from Mad TV? I don't think so. <laughs> They're like, Jamie Presley, describe your boss to us. And she's like, he looking like a man. <laughs> <laughs> he looking like an Irishman. Um, <laughs> he sounded like an Irishman in this scene. <laughs> uh, Vershbow wants to bail on the mission, but Swan says no then compares himself to Michelangelo. Uh, Swan makes plans to persuade cops to let Jamie Presley go. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Glass. Glass is removing a shoebox. This is where um, uh, Nettles comes in, while Glass is removing a shoebox from the trunk of a car. And Nettles with arrives... With the robot. With the, with the robot. With the arm, yeah. Robot yeah, he's using the, the bomb robot. So Nettles... Or, Glass is controlling the bomb robot to pull a, a little yeah shoebox out of the trunk of a car. 
Nettleson arrives and shows the bracelet to Glass. Glass notices it's made of Semtex. Semtex was used in Lockerbie, Nairobi, Daris Salem, which I guess is supposed to mean something to me. Also, it seems to be fairly prevalent if he can just dial up a database of where all the Semtex is and there's a pop-up that says the Irish have 500 pounds and he doesn't care that much. So it's got to be fairly prevalent in the world. Right, right, right. Um, he also, he, okay, so this is our first introduction to, um, well, no, to it's pooch? not our first introduction. It's our reintroduction to Glass. Oh, okay, I was going to say right? the Pooch, Joe, the best character in the whole movie. We do get Pooch and TJ. Um but but first I got I got to say something about glass. Glass just like reeks of like pretentiousness in the way he talks about bombs. He's like, yeah, maybe you've heard about it. Uh, uh, Semtex was using Lockerbie, Nairobi, Dar es Salaam. Like he just does this all the time where mm-hmm. he's like reference. I don't I don't know what it is, but it just it gives me douche chills. There's a stand-up comedian who has a whole routine about Steven Seagal that I was going to send you that I didn't. But he was talking about, you know, Steven Seagal has the show where he's a cop. Yeah, like yeah. A, re- a real cop. And he's like, on this show, Steven Seagal acts like he's been doing, like, any topic that comes out, he's been researching it for 15 years. I've heard and, this, this bit. Yeah, it's and that's Tom how Segura. it feels. Yeah, yeah, it's Tom Segura. And that's how it feels, where he's like, yeah, of course, don't you know about this? Like, everybody knows about this. About, mm-hmm. like, everything that shows up in every movie. Like... Yeah, like uh, this for, for 25 years. Yeah, of course. Don't don't you know about this? Everybody knows about this. <laughs> uh, Pooch and TJ, we get our our bomb squad helpers. They go disarm, and so Pooch is uh kind of an older guy that dresses like like he's a 15 year old skateboarder, and TJ is the pussy on a pedestal guy. Yeah. And they go disarm the shoebox, which has a hula doll in it. That's the which, guy. which. They so they have the budget to have a full bomb suit for TJ, but in this scene where there's a bomb, they think he's just wearing half of it. Yeah. <laughs> so his legs will be okay, but his face can just get blown off. Dude, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except it like it almost feels like the whole thing was a prank because like who puts a hula doll with like some firecrackers in a shoebox? Yeah. How did they get? the knowledge that the shoebox was in the trunk of this car. I kind of got the feeling like somebody in the bomb squad, like set this whole thing up. Oh, like called it in like the, like the silly alt girl, which would be a great misuse and abuse of, <laughs> of yeah, uh, dude. you gotta, you gotta think about like using this robot. I'm sure that when they're, when they're done with it, they have to like calibrate it, grease it, do all this stuff. I'm sure when you call out the bomb squad, it's like a quarter of a million dollar operation. Oh, yeah, you have to get, like, people signing off on it from, like, yeah. higher levels. Because it's, like, that bomb robot it has to be, like, 60 grand. And you got to get, like, like street cops to, like, cordon off the area. In totally. Because you can't just area. have a civvy just, like, walking up on the bomb squad robot and getting blown up. Right. <laughs> Dude, it's a mega operation. Um, so Swan is still – we go back Swan – Swan is still arguing with Vershbow, and he leaves his hideout with a bomb. Uh, this movie wastes a lot of time. This is another one of those scenes that just you didn't need. This scene and the bomb squad scene didn't need to exist either. That's true. Well, the, except for the whole Semtex thing, but you could have handled all that at the office. They could have been with the robot, the coffee robot. Like right. how much? Okay, okay. Let's rewrite this. We go back. All girls talking to her mom, whatever. Think she's 
thinks that he's the pizza guy. Uh, Steven Seagal strolls up, just puts his mug out. Coffee robot or bomb robot pours the coffee in it. He's not, he's, he's not even looking. He's just like, what can I do for you? And then they do the Semtex exchange. He doesn't look the, the, like the coffee robot stops pouring. He doesn't, he doesn't look away, look at the coffee. He just like puts it up to his mouth, like super cool, super calm. He's like, oh yeah, you got a Semtex and a deck cord there. Right. Two minutes. Two minutes. it sets up Seagal as a much cooler character because he because it's a, the whole like having something automate something for you and you don't even look at it like that's right. a classic trope to show somebody's cool but no they do this whole roundabout way and this scene really undercuts the bomb robot scene later. Yes, that's true. That's very true. It's just true. like full of bad decisions. Um. So then we end up back at the station and everyone's in the captain's office measuring dicks. Mm-hmm. Uh. Then we get a girl officer who comes in and says, Captain, line one, says he says it's important, says it's something about the girl. Uh, is this the only thing going on in SF today? There's <laughs> one <girl>? crime. <laughs> hey, we got a call on two for the girl. Oh, thanks. Girl. Patch it through. Oh, that girl. Okay. Yeah. 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 Patch, the only girl we got. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like a, a, the jail is like Mayberry. It's like, well, there's the drunk. <laughs> There's the guy that was stealing cattle. Oh, yeah, the girl. Okay. The girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hopper calls with a voice scrambler and demands Jamie Presley's release within the hour, or there will be a very bloody happy hour. Mm-hmm. Sunday, Nettles, bloody Sunday. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Nettles says he means bomb because of the Semtex bracelet, but Artie calls bullshit? Question mark. There's a lot of like, you know how in in movies they'll like find somebody like slasher movies, they'll find somebody that's been like torn to shreds and they're like, I don't know, maybe it was a coyote. That's how it feels, but with like bombs. I do like, I don't know, maybe she just got really drunk and fell down on some rocks. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that, but with bombs. This is that was that's Artie's or his last name is Plachinsky, which is a stupid name. Um, uh, I can say that I'm a Polak. There you uh, go. That, that, that's my word. I can say the stupid last name, fake last name. Um, but yeah, they have the 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 um, reaction that people in slasher movies do when they find the first dead body. Right. And they're like, I don't know. Let's be calm about this, guys. Let's let's figure out what this could be. Are like, you listening cr- to yourself? You sound crazy. Yeah. Stabs, you sound stabs? nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also another thing where he's like, I think it's a bomb. He says, uh, he being Dennis Hopper says. You'll have a lot of dead people with missing body parts on your hands. <laughs> I missed that line. That's good. And he's like, oh, I think he's a bomb. And Plachinsky's like, what, are you stupid? <laughs> Maybe he's going to kill a bunch of paraplegics. You didn't think you about know, that, you know, did you? Yeah. The, the, para, the, the amputee convention's in town. Did you think about that? <laughs> this is San Francisco. Uh, so the captain says, we're a team here, Nettles. You stay on the bench. Nettle says, why? Captain says, just do it. Cool. Way to run an office. (laughs) Because I said so. Uh, Then we go to the bomb squad. Seagal says, uh, oh no, Seagal knows how to use the internet. Nobody show him Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, got him. But I love this. He's like, thanks, internet. Now I know 14 ways you can blow up, kill, maim, and whatever kind of bomb, with whatever kind of bomb you would like. Only 14? Like yeah, it's, it's the internet. A bunch of ways. <laughs> There's way more than 14 ways on the internet to do that. Um, 
Does Glass think the internet happens because of the Freedom of Information Act? Yeah, he thanks the FOIA. He's like, thank you, thanks. Freedom of Information Act. It's like, dude, that's not what caused the internet. Are you out of your mind? I like to think that that's like the uh, the visit Dubai of this movie. Like, FOIA gave him a whole bunch of stuff. They're like, oh, you gotta right. Think, you got to thank the Freedom of Information Act. That's the uh, visit Dubai. Yeah, it was two like two months after it happened, basically. Um, who's harassing who in this scene? TJ with his sexual innuendos or front desk girl and her head massage? Yeah, very weird. Somebody needs somebody needs to call HR on somebody else, but I'm not sure who. I don't know for who. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't uh, make any sense. Nettles, oh, and then I do like how um, uh, Seagal is just like sitting there like, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. guys. <laughs> like he's like their, their parent. Like he's right. like, oh, you guys. Oh, you guys. You guys, well. you guys, you guys keep me young. <laughs> you keep me on my toes. Uh, Nettles arrives and tells Glass about the bomb threat. Glass doesn't react, then tells Nettles to do detective work over and over until he leaves in frustration. And this is a silly, I didn't write the exchange, but he's just like, how about you go and do, no, like uh, Nettles will say like, uh, okay, I think we know where the bomb is. The bomber is, do you want to come? And, like, maybe he has a bomb there. And, like, uh, Swan will go, like, or Glass. Glass will go, like, well, uh, no. How about I stay here and you go up there with your detective buddies and you do some detective work. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the back and forth is basically, like, Tom Sizemore going, the bomb squad finds <laughs> bombs. And Stephen Solagall going, the detectives detect where the bombs are <laughs> they do detective work work why don't you go upstairs and with your buds and your your chief and your your badges and you do detective work it's so annoying <laughs> it's, but what the best part is that uh tom sizemore plays the dead partner card he's like my yeah. partner's dead you gotta help me but let's be clear here i will never say this again i'm on steven seagal's side here really how is steven seagal supposed to find bombs that's a good point. Well, I thought he said, like, maybe there's a bomb here. We know where this no, is. He's, no, he's like, there is a bomb somewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's impossible to do. He's like, well, he's like, well, I, I guess I could go out in the street and just, like, watch for an explosion in the horizon. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, has he got to call his bomb contacts? Right, right. It does, yeah. I'm with Steven Seagal on this one. Tom Sizemore should have found the uh, should have found the bomb. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. That's true. Uh, well, Tom Sizemore is a mess. He's just a mess of a cop. Can we say that? He well, Tom Sizemore and Detective Nettles are both messes in this movie. Like Tom Sizemore separate from Nettles. Oh, <laughs> well, Tom Sizemore the person is a mess, yes. as is the character of Nettles. Yes, like, it feels like every time uh, um, they yelled cut on a scene, Tom Sizemore went... (laughs) 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 That's how it felt. Like, every scene, it felt like he didn't want to be in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. There's like... I have a feeling there's a lot of times uh, Tom Sizemore went back to his trailer or his hotel after the thing and just went, Who boy, what did I get myself into? (laughs) Gotta, gotta, gotta make the bacon. <laughs> yeah, because remember how we were talking about how there's like two types of people who can't act. There's the people who put it all in, 
and the people who are just like, I just need the scene to be over with as quickly yeah. as possible. Tom Sizemore is like somebody who like knows that he can act, but he's like, I don't need to act in this movie. Like <laughs> Sizemore is the epitome of a guy who like just just is doing it for the money. <laughs> yeah, he's in the way his whole body language. Like I don't, I know it's supposed to be like he's supposed to be kind of beaten down because, you know, we'll find out later why, but it's, it's Tom Sizemore's body language is playing through where he does not want to be doing any of this, where he just kind of like shuffles around. And the part later on, he's in a bad marriage. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) The whole movie, it feels like he's in his bad marriage with this movie. He's going through the motions, like the part where he's like going through and like, uh, doing the infiltration. We'll get there, but he's just kind of just like shuffling around He's just like got his gun at his side, just kind of like flopping around. He's not like doing any like like you could ask me right now to like pretend to do like tactical like sweeps of my house. Like it probably won't look right. But Tom Sizemore just looked like somebody was like, hey, could you find the cat? And he's just like, like, (laughs) yeah, whatever. Uh, Is a cat in here? No, cat's not in here. All right. Let me let me try this. Like Tom Sizemore wants to be anywhere else, which which really switches with like dennis hopper like i don't know why dennis hopper seems so excited to be in this movie i don't either because it's clearly a bad choice just everything about it is bad he goes hard he does every, every time but tom or, or dennis hopper cannot say that he didn't give it all in this movie yeah but that's hopper baby like we got to get more hopper movies in the docket somehow because he is a treat to watch in his craft he cares. You know, he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is like one of the worst movies of all time. But he has a scene in that movie where he fights Leatherface with chainsaws, like two chainsaw hands. What? And he cares. That whole movie is Dennis Hopper caring more than anyone has ever cared about a movie. All right. All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll have to check that out. If only there was some sort of bad action movie podcast, I could watch it for uh, an excuse to see it. Yeah. That might have to be a movie next month. We haven't Ooh, selected yet, but that's Texas something for the top of the list. I'm going to write that down. Because that is that is a horror movie that can legitimately be called an action movie. All right. We'll, we'll put that on the list. All right. Okay. On, so, yes. Yeah, so we are at um, arguing about whether they should detect bombs or find bombs. <laughs> yeah. Until basically Nettles leaves over frustration. Okay. Or out of frustration. Uh, the bar. Oh, we head to a bar. In SF. Nice little, mm-hmm. you know, dive bar in SF. And Swan hits on a girl way out of his league. <laughs> way out of his league and way too hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is where we actually get the line. You the bomb, baby. That's true. Oh, it comes later. So Nettles somehow tracks Hopper to this bar that he's at. I don't know how. Um, but Swan then seduces this girl somehow then blows it by revealing he's a psycho. Like, he has her. Like, he has her. And yeah, like, like, he orders a tequila. He has a Coke, which is a red flag right there. Right, right. <laughs> That's serial killer. Uh, but then she's like, hey, I want to know more about you. Like, it all works. And then he's, like, checking his watch and, like, okay. And then he just gets up and goes, you the bomb, baby. Ding dong, the bitch is dead. <laughs> she's like, what? Ciao. And he says, ciao. Yeah, ciao. And she's like, this is going so well. What the hell? Yeah, well, it, when he, when he, hold on. When he gets the, her the tequila and him the Coke, he's like, I'm working. You know, because she, because you could tell she was like, well, why aren't you having tequila? He's like, I'm working. I'm right. working you. That's right. Which, that's when I would pick up the tequila, 
go about six seats down in the bar and sit back down and just be like, thanks for the tequila, you psychopath. Yeah, and you, like, signal to the bartender, like, you fucking keep an eye on that guy. <laughs> He's not here for the right reasons. Um, so he leaves a suitcase bomb under her stool mm-hmm. and then blows her up. Uh, I don't know if a movie about an Irish IRA terrorist is racist, but it sure is boring. <laughs> So far, yeah, <clears throat> it's um, I don't know if Tom Sizemore or I want to be here less. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. But Joe, I have a question for you. So after it blows up, okay, we get mm-hmm. cut to the next scene where it's like the aftermath. Yes, the the carnage. Why is there a truck that is completely exploded and on fire, just like away from the scene? It's a good question. I don't, was it a gas tanker or was it just a regular old It was just truck? a truck. And Joe, how this bomb took down an entire like an entire city block. A block, an entire block. An entire city block and like Tom Sizemore was like across the street. And right. he was fine because <laughs> he he investigated the wrong bar. He went to the wrong bar. He went to one that was like right next to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. And and he's just like, "Huh?" How about that? Like, like that's his reaction to the bomb going off. Right. A, a bomb that levels an entire city block. He's just like, huh, well, that's a thing. Dude, falafels? it looked like... Anybody <laughs> it looked like Baghdad. It was insane. <laughs> just leveled. Um, so some redhead in the middle of this carnage is freaking out about her blown up husband and daughter. Then gets dragged off, never to be seen again. That was... <laughs> A crazy scene because she's like, my husband and daughter, my husband and daughter are in there. They're my whole life. And, and they're then, like, yeah, yeah, tell it to the judge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is exactly the reaction because it cuts to Sizemore and he's like, yeah, huh? Uh-huh. And then you see the cops just like <laughs> drag her away. Hand around her face, <laughs> just dragging her off screen. Yeah. She's like, my whole family's dead. They're like, yeah, yeah, likely story. Get <laughs> likely out of here. story. Lock her up for life, boys. Baker um, away, toys. Baker away, toys. Uh, Artie thinks it's a good time to shit on Nettles. Opportune time here. Mm-hmm. Artie and Nettles start fighting. Glass is shaking his head because there's not enough slapping going on. There needs to be more slapping. Uh, Glass Axe asks to get Nettles transferred to his department. Um, and Artie agrees. Because I guess Artie is Nettles' supervisor, which is really fucked up if that's been the case so far. It's weird. Is this, is, is this before or after he's like, you couldn't save your family. How can you save anybody else? No, that's else? later. That's much oh, later. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm itching to get to that line because that is... Brutal. line. <laughs> that is not okay. Yeah. As Nettles' new partner... Glass picks up where Nas left off, giving life advice, which becomes a key crux in this movie. It's all about getting Tom Sizemore on the right track. If there's a theme to this movie, it's that Tom Sizemore is a mess. Yes. <laughs> Everybody who comes across him is like, dude, you got to get it together, man. Yeah. Every every um aftermath of every explosion is a allegory <laughs> symbol for oh, Tom. what Tom Sizemore is going through. Um. As Nettles, okay, uh, blah, 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 save you from yourself, blah, 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 hope and fear, blah, blah, nature of your own mind. And then you won't be suffering anymore. <laughs> Sounds like he's telling him to just put put one in his temple. 
right? Um, TJ shows Glass a 1980s computer simulation of the explosion sequence, and it is old school. It's like Atari. Atari Green Lines. Yeah, sometimes we go, where did all the budget go? Oh, it went into the computer graphics. Definitely not this one. Nope. Not, <laughs> not at all. Um, you gotta be more zen! Oh, God. So this exchange. This this was in the trailer. And, uh... It's a device, not a bomb. Yeah, he's like, don't use the B... And Tom Sizemore's basically like, what kind of bomb do we have? And he's like, don't use the B word. Use device. Which is the only time they say device. Every other time they say ticker. They say ticker. Also, Jeff, if you call it a bomb, it explodes faster. I don't know if B, you knew that. B is for boom. <laughs> B, is, B is for boom and bad movie. Hey... And um, and he says, uh, Tom Sizemore is like, anything else I should know? Because this is the whole, like, you got to be more zen. You got to calm down. He's like, yeah, watch where you step. And then Tom Sizemore is scared of a clock face. <laughs> it was a clock. <laughs> no, I put it here. Glass doesn't tells Nettles to watch where he steps. Nettles realized he almost stepped on rubble. <laughs> yeah, it was like a clock face is what he stepped on. And he was like, oh. It's just rubble. It was just trash. It's like, it's like if he... If he'd freaked out about stepping anywhere in that pile. Um, that was, oh, I said that was a close one. Uh, they find a piece of a computer chip, which could be part of an IRD or literally anything else. Yeah, it's like the size of like half a dime. And he's right. like, look what I found. And they're like, oh, I know exactly what this is. And so my, my, I'm like, does it matter how this device went off? It exploded. You know the guy who did it. You have her in custody. Like, you have yeah. a lead on all this stuff. It's like, do you need to know what in, in which manner he blew up an entire block? I can't imagine it ever mattering unless you were trying to defuse it. If it's exploded, end of story. Yeah, it's over. It's over. You know, it's like a, a, a car runs over your kid and you're like, hold on. What kind of car was it? Was it an Accord? <laughs> it wasn't an Accord. Because that's like what picking... hit the last one. <laughs> no, what it's like is like your child's like mangled bodies there and you like pick up a piece of a, a headlamp and you're like, I think this is a <laughs> Nissan. I think a Nissan hit him. Like this, this looks like Japanese plastic. Yeah, it's like there are better things to worry about right now. Yeah. Artie says, Artie's back. Artie Which says... also, also, all this taking place, just mass grave around them. Yes. <laughs> Just a mass grave because it levels an entire block. Yeah. And they're just like, they're just like cutting it up. Just like, dude, you got to be more Zen. There's like a hundred dead bodies around here. <laughs> and look at all these broken clocks. <laughs> yeah. There's like, you don't see anybody being saved. So there's no. possibly people in the background like, help me. Uh, I, I'm pinned. <laughs> I think I, I think I can make it if someone helps me. Somebody please help. If you call 911 right now, I think I'll make it. But my wife is out there. She's got red hair. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So now we are back at the station, the police uh -huh. station. And Artie is saying that he's watching Nettles' ass. Fat-ass Tom Sizemore takes it as a compliment. Second time, there's messed up HR stuff going on in this police department. They need to rein it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they need an HR person. Maybe it's <clears throat> not existent. Yeah, they need something. 
this female officer is the only person doing any work around here. <laughs> Everybody she, else is just yelling at each other, and she's, like, answering phones, doing paperwork. Like, uncovering things, doing research on stuff. Yeah. That's, that's, like, the whole point of her role, is to, like, push the investigation along. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, while everybody else is just, like, yelling at each other, she's like, guys, I found the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I found the bad guy. I figured it all out for everybody. No big deal. Uh, She finds out that Jamie Presley is Claire Manning, Department of Defense contractor, widow of Brandon Manning. Oh, she ran her prints. That's why. Uh, she ran her prints. Yeah, no, was that's like, uh, that was my original take. I was like, how did she come up with all this stuff? Yeah, but if she's in the DO, she is a DOD contractor. Her fingerprints are going to be on the in the uh, in the database. But she also finds out some things that should definitely not be public information. She's an R and D Skunk Works nuclear specialist, but she resigned last year. So I yes. guess I guess the DOD just opens up your personnel file to whatever <laughs> random police department asks for it. Uh, Swan calls back. And gives the police two more hours to release Claire, or he'll blow up some more beautiful down-to-fuck women. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I will find somebody else, I will make them fall in love with me, and then I will kill them. (laughs) Um, I I, I break their heart and their mangled corpse. Yeah, which uh, actually shines a little bit of light on why the captain's wife gets a bomb threat later on. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. Very we'll weird. That. Yeah, the calls are... Th- that whole part's very weird. Uh, Swan... Uh, okay, did that. Competent female cop gets a name. It's Angie. That's her name. Thanks, and Angie. Thanks, Angie. That should be her nickname. Thanks, Angie. Thanks, Angie, yeah. Uh, Nettles asks Angie for a background on all of Brandon Manning's past projects. Mm-hmm. Also wants a background on Claire, which he just got from the captain. Yeah. <laughs> He got everything that he could need from the captain. And he's like, why don't you give me some more information? Thanks, Angie. Yeah, why don't you look into this uh, Claire Manning character? He's like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) She just, like, goes into the chief's office and just gets the file and just, like, hands it to Tom Sizemore. (laughs) She's like, like, wait, is this busy work? Is this what you're trying to do? Yeah, you're just trying to keep me busy. She's she's like, it'd be great if she's, like, actually very incompetent and somebody else is just doing it. And they're just, like, trying to make her feel better. (laughs) Right, right, right. Right. You're like, why don't you look into uh, that would be great. Just like, why don't you look into Claire Manning? And then you see them like drop the file, like <laughs> push it on her desk toward her. <laughs> uh, Swan stares at the inside of a suitcase bomb like he's thinking. Oh, we're back to Swan now uh, at his hideout. Swan stares at the inside of a suitcase bomb like he's thinking about working on it. But instead, he does nothing and just leaves with it. He just is kind of like admiring his work, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he has that Michelangelo syndrome. Because he does yeah. no tinkering on this thing. Once no, like, he just kind of looks at it and is like, yeah, I did a good job. Did a good job. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Killed it. Uh, Angie's last name is Gordon. The plot thickens. Uh-oh. Angie Gordon? Is she the daughter of Commissioner Gordon? Is she a nepotism case? Could be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You know what she is? Because she's black in this movie. Uh, spoiler. But but since Chief Gordon is white in, in the classic comics, maybe it was a love child, an out-of-marriage oh, type okay. deal. And she he wants to kind of push her along and give her some opportunities. Is Angie Chili's daughter? Ooh. Lily Gordon. <laughs> uh, 
Nettles is either doing a really crappy job interrogating Claire or a really crappy job hitting on her. There's no in between here. <laughs> he is the good cop and the bad cop. And the inappropriate cop. <laughs> yes, all of it. All of it. Uh, Nettles takes a break to watch his wife and creepy looking kid wave to him 20 times, then blow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a little daydream about his, uh, this kid's a creep. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this kid's this kid's a weirdo. He just, <laughs> he just, yeah, dead, dead behind the eyes. Baby, baby Paul Walker. Dude, he waving. is insane looking. Um, <laughs> it looks like. Looks like they took a dead kid and like propped his eyes open. Nas taught him how to. Nas taught him how to be alive. He's like, this is how I learned how to be dead. Just do the opposite. That's how you're alive. Right. Uh, Claire's husband was gonna expose a cover up of an elementary school being built on a toxic waste site, but he dies suddenly in a car crash. Wait, real quick, Joe. Why is net? Why are they letting nettles be on a bomb case? It's a great question. Oh, because uh. Um, sw- not Swan. Glass. Glass asked him to be on a case. So, Joe, his family <laughs> died in a bomb. Of, it's it's like somebody who's, who's who's like kids got like their family got taken out by the DC sniper, being like, "Let me get in on this DC sniper case." Right. Which, by the way, who is, who bombed his kids? Was that Dennis Hopper? No, that's the point. Yeah. Is there <laughs> any more of a missed opportunity that you've ever seen in a movie than not having this be one of Dennis Hopper's bombs? <laughs> I know. It's insane. It's, it's like they wrote that in and then they just forgot to write in the explanation part where it's actually they link it to Hopper. Joe, there are several points where there's just things that happen in this movie that don't come up before or after. Why is there huge. Why is there the museum later on in the movie, Joe? Why no, is there a museum? It has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. No idea. Um, so Claire's... Hu- okay, we said that. Claire says he was murdered, her husband. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not sure what any of this has to do with the IRA. <laughs> still not sure what the IRA is. Also, where is the toxic waste dump in San Francisco? That's a good point. Well, I'm sure they have a few. <laughs> they, they said have- it's downtown, Joe. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> All that uh, spare space they have in downtown San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> um, it's probably just like right off the ocean, <laughs> like literally just <laughs> into the ocean. Um, Nettles keeps asking Claire what Swan's name is, then yells and she starts crying. Yeah. Uh, she says they met at a convention and she was lonely. Is Dennis Hopper attractive? It's times like these that I wish we had a girl on the podcast. Be like, is Dennis Hopper hot? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't see it. You know? I don't know. Have an ask a woman segment? Yeah. And it's just, is this person hot? Yeah. It's, it's, it's this person. Is it Steven hot, Seagal? Hot or not. Hot or not. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Dennis Hopper. Um, That would be so... <laughs> that would be such a great gag, actually. That would be, uh. Claire keeps crying, so Nettles tells her to drop dead. Oh, wait, hold on. She let, let me give you the full quote. So she's saying that she's scared, she needs help, and she's, like, holding his hand or in his wrist, which is also very inappropriate. If you're totally. interrogating somebody, don't let them touch you. And he says, get your hands off me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Get your hands off me. Drop dead. Drop dead. <laughs> That's 
what he says to her as he's walking away. He says, drop dead. After she said, this guy's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, probably should just let that happen because I'm insane. I'm in for I'm down for it. Let's do it. Uh, Nettles takes Glass to the warehouse where Nas was shot. Uh-huh. Seagal pretending to be smart is somehow more irritating than him pretending to be enlightened. I don't know. I think him pretending to be smart is the worst of the two. Well, it's also because he just says incredibly stupid and obvious things. Like they're right. in a warehouse. They're in a warehouse and he's like, this is a great place to hide bombs. He says it with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a warehouse, it's dude. <laughs> also, they just wander around on this murder scene. Right. This presumably happened yesterday. There's like no caution tape. There's no blood. Everything's done with. They're just wandering around. They walk right in. The cop that Internal Affairs is investigating yes. is standing in the middle of this thing. Dude, Glimmerman and this both have incompetent Internal Affairs. That's true. It's kind <laughs> of a theme in these in these movies. Or just neutered Internal Affairs. Yeah, they don't do anything. Um, Glass won't shut up about IRDs. <laughs> He, dude, he, I wrote here, he loves thing. IRDs. Why doesn't he shut up about IRDs? He loves instant retirement devices. Yeah, why doesn't he marry him? If he loves IRDs so much, why doesn't he marry him? Uh, too many tacky action lines to keep track of, but here's a few. I was heading a team, shit went sideways, lost some of my boys, and then Glass tops it off with, but I made a choice to live, so I light candles for my boys who didn't. Joe, dude's rock. <laughs> a great dude's rock moment i made a choice to live so i light candles for my boys who didn't <laughs> like bombs going off is a matter of will one guy's head flew right off and i said you know what you probably should have uh been a little bit more zen yeah should have kept your head head on straight as they say <laughs> he just walks around to his boys and just makes puns as they drop dead yeah um not to be downstaged, Nettles. Not and, to be uh, downstaged. I was gonna. But. say, I just he's he's <laughs> like his guy is just like his intestines are hanging out. He's like, hey, you should have had more guts. <laughs> or why don't you keep it together? <laughs> uh, not to be downstaged, Nettles drones on about how he lives it too. Says he doesn't visit the grave sites, or he might blow his brains out then snickers as if to say that's life yeah man if i had a, if i had a nickel for every time it's a really weird admission that he like like avoids graveyards because he thinks he'll blow his fucking head off <laughs> and then he just kind of like yeah <laughs> yeah uh same i guess that's when you agree with somebody just to get them to stop talking because they're freaking you out you're like oh yeah dude totally me too yeah i mean yeah totally <laughs> You're like, yeah, we've all been there, but you're like hyperventilating. You go, yeah, um, we've been there. All, all uh, of us have yeah, been totally there before. Uh, please don't shoot me. Um, so Glass reclaims the belt. He says, well, you know, one, well, you know, one thing about hitting the bottom after that, there's only one way you can go, and that's up. So this many li- extra words, Joe. <laughs> I was going to say, this line is an allegory for the movie. It's depressing, it's wordy, but most importantly, it's boring. It is boring. And I wrote next to this in the in the margin here, this is the worst scene of anything I've ever watched ever. <laughs> Tom Sizemore not wanting to be there. 
just kind of mumbling his way through the line. Steven Seagal definitely wanting to be there, also mumbling his way through his lines. Just two pudgy, middle-aged guys just mumbling at each other in hush. There's no, like, modulation to their voices. They're just monotone mumbling at each other back and forth. And there's nothing happening. They're just standing there. This is the worst scene I've ever seen in anything ever. Jeff, my literal next no- next note. I can't figure out why Nettles dragged Swan to this warehouse. This whole conversation should have happened back at the station. Yeah. He's like, this is where I found the bombs. He's like, yeah, this is a good place to put bombs. All right. Anyways, back to your thing. <laughs> back to your problems. Yeah. You got to be more zen. You got to be more zen. Uh, okay. Glass. Okay. Well, here, here we go. Here's the reason why they had to come out here. Because Glass finds a European cigarette. And determines the terrorists are European. Euro, which Euro trash. Already knew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, we know they're IRA. But he, he's like, oh, these guys, they want to bite before they get bit. They, 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 you know, they're dangerous from far away. Most of them, it's a power trip. Criminal minds that are geniuses, smarter than cops, terrorist cops, and military. He is San Francisco PD bomb squad, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> And he's talking like he's like the foremost bomb expert in the like he's like he's going international tracking down bombs. Right, right. Like how does he get into these guys' minds? How this, does he profile them? He just knows how to disarm bombs. This sack of shit won't even get off his ass to go track a bomber in his own he's city. His own city, yes. <laughs> but he's inside their mind. I just I've been all over the world: Afghanistan, Turkestan, Dubai, <laughs> Palo Alto. <laughs> Palo Alto, the Tenderloin. <laughs> Marin. <laughs> I've been everywhere. I've even been all the way to Sausalito. <laughs> um, so Smash... Oh, okay, Glass says, Jazz Cat. Do you, jazz Cat. Wait, wait, let me see. Jazz Cat, do you like the blues? <laughs> and then... Smash cut to a titty bar, baby. My favorite kind of smash Woo! cut. But not really. We, it's just to a jazz club. With the worst jazz band I've ever heard. But it is a titty bar because there's nude girls. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. They're, I mean, they're not nude in the scene. But, like, there's, like, a big neon sign that says nude girls. Oh, okay. Naked dancers. Um, and, again, worst jazz band I've ever heard. Because Jeff, it, it, Is anybody we know in this jazz band? Jeff, it smashes right in the middle of a guy going... I'm gonna be a denomination. <laughs> and yes, that's Steven Seagal mumbling, baby. He's mumbling his own the- jazz band. Okay, and that's yeah. why he's yeah, his own jazz band is in the scene with him. And that's why he's Steven Slohan Seagal in the credits. That's right. Glass enters. Steven Seagal enters the scene as Glass after he's appeared on stage in a Blues Brothers. <laughs> Make get up and a fake goatee. It tricked me. I didn't catch that. You sent the picture. You were like, Jeff, look at this. I missed it when I watched. Why would you catch it? <laughs> There's no reason for this. I would like actively try to not look at the screen. It, it, it was wild. I had to, this, I was coming right back into doing my notes. I catch it. It's like, how is this happening? I had to like go back and watch it 10 times. What, how is this possible? Uh, so Duggar is at this bar mm-hmm. and glass and nettles come in glass says they should go talk to him. So nettles draws his gun and starts yelling. Yeah. 
because he plays it real cool. Real cool. Well, Douglas actually, the, the best part is they walk in, and uh, Stephen Skull's like, do you know who smokes this cigarette? And the waitress is like, yeah, that guy over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Frenchies, huh? Only one yeah. guy I know smokes those Frenchies. The Irish guy. The Irish guy. <laughs> uh, Duggar takes a waitress hostage and then gets shot for it. Glass chastises Nettles for shooting, but also compliments him on a good shot in the same breath. That, that was good shooting. That was a good shot. That's what he says. Well, before that, he's like, I could have used him. That was, that was good shooting. Good shooting. That, was good that was a good shot. shot. Like, it was just like, he can't, like, he's doing, like, the management technique where you, like, don't leave him on a, on a you got to leave him with a compliment. A good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Glass disarms the bomb, then talks about 12 stages of enlightenment, which nettles mistakes for the 12 steps. <laughs> That's always the sign of a stable individual. Yeah, very good. And and this clock, this this bomb has less than 39 seconds, and he's sitting there chastising him about the 12 steps of enlightenment and like his shooting and yeah steven seagal is just very zen i think that's the point of this scene. Yeah, steven seagal does not take bombs seriously we'll, we'll get into that as this goes on uh so then swan finds out about duggar's death says it's time to bring in the boys does that who, come up later <laughs> who are the boys uh station we go back to the station and glass teaches nettles how to fix his watch through tough love. Sizemore is he so much even give him tough love, Joe. He just gives him the tool and he's like, How do I fix this? He's like, Well, if I tell you how to fix it, then you won't learn how to fix it. And he's like, I I, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, You'll figure it out. And then Tom Sizemore's like, Yeah, I will figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> not enough people do this approach, but you're right. Of not uh, teaching. <laughs> this teaching <laughs> approach of not teaching. <laughs> Sizemore is so much of a fuck up that he can that he can make Seagal look like a sage. That's what I noticed in this scene. I do like, though, that maybe Steven Skull doesn't even know how to fix a watch. He's like, you figure it out. <laughs> Once you know how to do it, you can do anything. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you figure it out on your own. Make it your own. And then uh, you, you can show me. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Just, I mean, I know how to do it, but I need to make sure that you know. But I need to watch. Do, I need to watch you do it, because then, because then I'll know that you're doing it right. Yeah, and if you could like write down the steps for me, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Glass says, "Good job, man. You just made your first sticker." <laughs> All he did was like spin a little spindle. Yeah. So the watch stopped, and it was just like. It was like pulling a stick out of a wheel was basically what he did. And he's like, you did it, man. You fixed it. Like, he just started this thing that was supposed to be spinning. He started spinning it again. Yeah, it got caught on, like, a piece of dirt. There was, like, a yeah. small piece of sand in there that I guess he just like, jostled loose. And he's like, good job, man. Now you can build bombs. <laughs> That's a ticker. You got the first ticker. Um, Captain scolds Nettles for going against his orders by he, – he breaks up the parade here. And scolds Nettles for going against his orders by interrogating Claire, then sends him back in to interrogate her. Anyway, like, like that's his that's his response. It's like this is should have like, interrogated him. Now go no go interrogate her. This is Brian O'Connor levels of getting the benefit of the doubt. Totally. They're like you shouldn't be on this case. You keep screwing up. Now get back in there, buddy. One more chance. <laughs> um, so. There are moments in this interrogation scene 
where even Claire can't believe how bad a cop Nettles is. Like, she's gradually realizing that he'll just believe anything she tells him. <laughs> she's like, these are the guys. This is where they are. This is but what you can they do. S- you can see it in her eyes because she starts off silent. She's like, okay, I'm arrested. Got to stay calm. Got to stay quiet. No information given. So, yeah, there's moments in this scene where she's like, she's silent, deadpan. She's like, I got to keep all information on lockdown and everything. And then you can see her begin to realize, wait a minute, this guy's incompetent. I (laughs) I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever I want here. I can just tell him to let me go and he'll let me go. Um, The the reverse of the the Steven Seagal with the hostage and Glimmer Man. Yes. (laughs) She's like, all right, so this is what you need to know. And you told me I was free to leave. He's like, oh, well, I I guess we're done here. I guess I did say that. Leave your front number with thanks, Angie, at the front desk, and uh, we'll call you if we need anything. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, oh, ba ba ba. Yes. So she tells Nettles where they're hiding. It's at a mm-hmm. motel, and she says they'll kill her. Nettles promises to protect her this time. Like you protected your family. <laughs> oh, <laughs> turning, going arty on us. Uh, so then we're at the motel. And a SWAT team swarms the motel, and Artie busts Nettles' balls, brings the series, here's the scene, brings up his dead family, gets punched for it. So you want to yeah. talk about this one? Yeah. So what is New Stasiak's problem? So they're there, and he's he, he just, like, walks up to Tom Sizemore, and he's like, you think you can save the city? You can't even save your family. You can't even Dude. save your fucking family. <laughs> oh, is that what he says? Yeah. <laughs> what is his problem man that is not cool (laughs) but then uh what's his face um nettles is like what'd you say he's like oh yeah no problem i told (laughs) he's like had a chance to think about what he just said and he's like yeah no problem let me repeat it for you yeah you can't even save your fucking family (laughs) he's like oh you didn't hear me hold on let me make sure you get really mad right now one sec let me say the worst possible thing that anybody could say to you right now. Ever said to you. <laughs> Remember, like, when you met the love of your life and you guys had that whole long courtship and you got married and, you know, you created life. You had a child, you know, the the apple of your eye. Remember when they died? Yeah, remember they blew up in front of your face? <laughs> yeah. I just want to remind you of that real quick. Just And remind you how it's connected to all your future failures. <laughs> yes. And and I know you gave me a chance to not repeat this, but I'm going to go ahead and repeat it louder and and enunciate it more just to make sure, you know, um, yeah, your whole family's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't save your fucking family. <laughs> That'd be great if St- Sizemore was like he just like wiped spit off of his face after that. <laughs> um, yeah. So then he punches him and uh, seems like a. I, I get it. <laughs> I get why. Um, so Swan has fled the scene. So Glass says to bring the dog, a.k.a. the robotic arm. Uh, the robot is called, called Sparky. Sparky opens door and then the building blows up. So that's the end of Sparky. This scene was so undermined by the two times we've seen him use the bomb robot already in this movie. One was the poor coffee. Two was to do this hula girl thing. There was no tension here. Jeff, can you imagine how much better it would be if they had just, like, given the arm a bit of a personality, like, in the office? Like Johnny Five? Yeah. Like, it was like, hey, thanks, robot arm. And then it, like, turns and, like, Uh, gives a thumbs thumbs up. up. 
<laughs> Joe, I would hate that so much. <laughs> but it would make this scene be like, oh, no, not Sparky. Instead, it's like, hey, go get Sparky. Oh, Sparky's dead. <laughs> it's like, you know, did we, we were supposed to feel something. Like, did you feel anything when the cop cars blew up at the beginning of the movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you feel anything when uh, Dennis Hopper leveled a city block and killed that redhead's family? I didn't feel anything while the redhead was screaming for her family. I was laughing. She, well, she was screaming for her family while getting black bagged to take to a CIA site. A black site. Yeah. Uh, um, so Sparky's dead. Then Nettles says, uh, oh, Nettles consults a schizophrenic. <laughs> this Hold is on. a great scene. Not this only is Sparky dead, but an entire motel explodes. And they're just like, huh. Okay. Winter Sunrise. Sunset. Uh, so you this is my Zed, Joe. You gotta be more Zed. Gotta be more Zed, Jeff. This is my favorite scene. Right. Oh, bad lady. <laughs> Nettles consults a schizophrenic transient for an eyewitness account. Let that sink in for a second. A that he just wanders into an alley. Is like, excuse me, can you help me? This woman is clearly unstable. She like, asks, who can save the kingdom when they're done? This woman is unstable. At the very least, unreliable. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I don't think a judge would let him get a warrant off of this information. Oh, hey, by the way, I met this woman that lives on the streets, and she kept pointing to her head and talking about the kingdom. But she said... She gave me a license plate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, random letters and numbers. No one can make that stuff up. Yeah. Um, Some of these have 12 digits, okay? <laughs> but I'm assuming she they were like two yeah. that she was seeing together. Um, so the schizo says, as he's coming up, this is as he's coming up and making his decision to talk to her. If you come here, I could tell you, but you must, no, wait, you are the one. Thursday, 3.16 in the a.m., 37 cents. You were the, sh- you were the short change, a little light. Where's your partner, officer? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, she's and then he's like, hey, stop that for a second. And she's like, yes. And then she just starts answering his questions. She's no Glenjamin, that's for sure. Yeah. But what's great about this part is this is they're like, wait, we got to this part and we definitely need some backstory here. Let's have the schizophrenic homeless lady tell us all about the, the backstory. Well, she shows up a little earlier. I don't know if you noticed that. It's while Nas and uh, Sizemore were staking out the drug house. Yeah. Walking down the street at the same time. I only knew that because I saw somebody credited as bag lady. And I was like, does she have that high of a credit for that scene? And then she comes back. So by the way, she has zero bags. Yeah, she's not. She has no bags. There's no bags. She's just a schizophrenic homeless person. (laughs) She's just lady who Tom Sizemore kisses. We'll get there. So he tells her his partner's dead as if she's capable of processing that. Can you imagine like, oh, yeah, my partner is dead. She like she's not getting that. She's like, will, will he be OK? <laughs> yes. So when can I see him again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, then ask for a description of the terrorists. The schizo says one has a beard. The other is tall, thin. Then one wanted to offer me a donation, one to trade for something I haven't used in a long time. Nettles wisely pivots the conversation. <laughs> Did the Irish guy try to turn the bag lady into a prostitute, Joe? 
<laughs> he wisely goes, yeah, Sizemore's like, oh, uh, okay, how about the description of their car? <laughs> Can you give me anything of that? She says, originally, originally, plate, MLA, five, 158, Ford, van, but they switched late Thursday night to a blue Taurus with G-O-E-N, four, three, plate. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, bag lady. Yeah. Maybe the chief should hire this psycho. She just did more work than 66% of his current team. How does she keep track of days? Why does she keep track of days? She's on the street. Days are inconsequential. Like, like when I'm on PTO, I forget what days are. And I have a life that I have to keep track of. She's just out there. But she's like, yeah, last Thursday... Um, you know, it was the, uh, 20, yeah, it was 20, the 23rd. Um, oh no, 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 no. It was the 23rd. It was the 3am. So it was the 24th. Okay. You know what? Why don't I check my schedule or hold yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> and she just, she just pulls it out. And it's just a magazine. <laughs> yeah, it's a magazine with like scribbles on it. <laughs> She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spirals. Yes, yes, yes. It was the 24th. Yes, I see. Yes, it was the 24th. Um, yeah, it was right after tea with my, yes. with my friends. Uh, Maybe the chief should. Oh, I said that. Nettles gives the schizo a buck, calls it his life savings, then kisses her on the mouth. Very weird. Very strange. Don't need that. Don't need that. Yeah. Uh, Sir, uh, she says, Sir Lancelot is a good knight. He couldn't save nobody. No, no. Who can save the kingdom? That's when, if you're Tom Sizemore, you start to be like, <laughs> let me get that dollar back. <laughs> Actually. I don't know if this information is helpful. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if this is gonna work. Um. So now he is back at the station. Swan goes into the police station. Okay, Swan is there now. Mm-hmm. He goes into the police station originally with Vershbow, but then Vershbow goes and waits in the car. Because uh, he's like, "This is fucking crazy. <laughs> what is this plan again?" <laughs> Vershbow um, wants none of this. He's like, I just wanted to separate from England. I don't know about this going okay. to San Francisco. Like, what did you pull me into, dude? How is this helping the cause? How is yeah. any of this helping the cause? Uh, Swan does a dead-on impression of Dennis Hopper when he's not doing a shitty Irish accent. Because uh, he switches right into Dennis Hopper. American Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Uh, says he's Claire's lawyer and asks for her credit cards for his retainer. I'm going to try this. <laughs> Just walk in a random police station and be like, hey, I'm, uh, uh, you know that black guy? I'm his lawyer. I'm his lawyer, yeah. They're like, uh, they're like, do you have a name? No. Just why don't you give, I, you know what, I think I know it. Why don't you give me all the credit cards? And then once I see it. You know, it could I'll, have been an Asian guy now that I think about yeah. it. But once I see the name, then I'll know, then I'll know who it is. So why don't you just give me all the credit cards you got back there? And I'll tell you which ones are mine, which ones are not mine. I'm pretty yeah. sure they're all mine, but let me just, you know. Yeah. It takes you a second to get out from behind that door, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I could be outside before you get out, right? Okay. <laughs> you got, like, a code and stuff you got to unlock. Yeah. 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 Uh, when the front desk cop makes a call, he mutters, everything is fine. And then she turns around and he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he's bailed. <laughs> He just, like, bails on this plan. Like, as it's working, he's like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> he's like, wait, Birchbow is right. This is insane. I don't have a next step. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. It's like, uh, it's like, I've never actually gotten this far. I don't know. Who runs this station? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you um, know Angie? 
I know Angie. I'm friends with Angie. Right. Uh, so Glass's team tracks down Swan with the plate number. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glass finds out Swan blew the governor's mansion up. Vershbow. Wait. Oh, wait a minute. What's going on here? Steve-o? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Steve-o knows it's the mansion bomber somehow. Yes. And Vershbow, we find out, is a freelance demo guy who mm-hmm. worked for half the governments in the Western Hemisphere, including ours during the Reagan administration. Yeah, this is when I said, what is Hopper's deal? <laughs> like, what? who are these people? They're like, inter- they're like IRA terrorists who just do, like, international wet work for the U.S. government sometimes? Sometimes governments, sometimes terrorists. They just, like, they're just like Johnny Appleseed with bombs. They just like, go around they- the country just dropping bombs everywhere. If they worked for us, you got to imagine he wouldn't have to be hiding out in some shitty motel. Like, if he gets arrested, he's, you know, some FBI guys come in and he's out of there. Yeah, he's, yeah, we've, we've let a lot of guys off the hook just because they've worked for us before. Totally. Uh, Glass puts out an APB. What's his rank again? (laughs) Glass can just do whatever he wants. Uh, Vershbow, we're back to him, draws a gun on Swan. Steals it's the nighttime. Bomb. It's nighttime right now, Joe. It's nighttime I just left, now? It's nighttime right now. Okay. It was daytime. Now it's nighttime. Okay. Because then it's daytime again real quick. Yes. This is what I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. He walks away. <laughs> so, he starts to walk away. It's nighttime. He hits the stairs. It's daytime. And then we got a whole daytime scene. Yes. Uh, but first, Vershbow is drawing a gun, and it's nighttime, on Swan. Steals the bomb, the suitcase bomb, and the detonator. Then sends Swan packing. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here, kid. Vershbow's plan is to attract all the police while he holds a bomb in his hand. And I think they're at the police. They're still at the police station. So they put out an APB and they're like, they put, I like to think they put out the (laughs) APB and some cop like, is like peeks his head. Like he goes to take a smoke break and he's like, Hey, what was the, what was the license plate on that car? (laughs) I think it's right here. Or they just, like, open the garage doors and they're like, we got him, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Just anybody, high fives all around. Yeah. Anybody anybody want falafel? It's, it's lunch. It's yeah, lunch. lunch. Um, Glass has a better plan. Kick the bumper and let Vershbow drop the bomb on the ground. Yes. Um, Is that yeah. the real plan? <laughs> the, a bomb dropping on the ground? I mean, I guess he's got to know that it's fine, but this is not how airbags work, Joe. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Artie almost gets shot by Vershbow, but Nettles saves him by shooting Vershbow. Through the... Gl- so from where he is, he's got to shoot like... He shoots him in the chest. Hell of a shot. Which means he's got to shoot through the glass the dashboard and the airbag and the steering right. wheel. <laughs> yeah. The airbag is covering up his face. So he somehow manages to determine where his chest is and pop him there. It's and, one shot. It's gotta be and, a fatal shot. And he doesn't know cause the gun's hidden behind the airbag. So right. he just pops one off in this guy. He just pops one off in her shower. Nobody knows he has a gun. Yeah, it's hidden. He's like pulling out. You can. They make a very clear shot that it's like hidden between like the airbag and him. And he's starting to point it. 
Yeah, he's like up by his chest behind yeah. the. Uh... So nobody knows he has a gun. He just gets one in the chest. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, Nettles just like goes off the book here. <laughs> he's just like, ah, this guy's bugging me. <laughs> I'm sick of these Irish bastards. It's time to start taking them, taking them to town. Um, the bomb squad. Uh, bu- 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 no. Yeah, the bomb squad lost their robot arms, so they had to buy a real dog. Yeah. Sweep the car with. Uh, Swan makes a call from the payphone, from a payphone. Does his stupid reach out and touch someone routine, and then the car blows up. And kills Pooch. But not, not the, the not the Pooch. The person. The person. This is another time, Joe. Three explosions. We know at this point there is one bomb, but there are several explosions in a row. Yes. <sighs> Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, also, <clears throat> as uh, TJ is going around the car with the dog, he's like, do you smell something? I bet it's nuggets. You're smelling nuggets. Like, <laughs> this is a bomb dog. Maybe it's a bomb that the dog's smelling? You, you ever... <laughs> Well, he's a rookie. He's a rookie Bond. <laughs> I guess so. I you got to so. see if he, if he really knows his stuff. Um, Artie thanks Nettles for saving his life. Then Nettles consoles Pooch's wife and son. Wait a second. I just thought about something. They check the engine compartment before the passenger compartment for a bomb. Yeah. And the tires. So Pooch is like sweeping it with like a, a, you know, something that detects like explosive material. And he's like, we're clear. And then they're walking around it with the dog, checking the tires to see if there's a bomb in the tires. Nobody bothered to check under the the, the console, like next to the steering wheel, right which is where this bomb is. The guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They had to have pulled him out and because he's dead. So somebody had to have gotten in there and nobody was like, oh, there's the bomb. Right. <laughs> hey, guys, I found a bomb. I found a ticker. We got a ticker. Yeah. Uh, already. Yep. We did that. Swan calls the station again. Gives police one hour. I love Swan, by the way. He's just like, you know what? You guys just don't listen. But you got another hour. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me do it. You guys got time. I just like to point out. I love that they had baby pooch to show up. Pooch's wife and son. I, I steamrolled over son. that. There's like. <laughs> They're yeah. like, hey, just so you know, uh, this guy had a family. Like, <laughs> he doesn't bring it up before. <laughs> They're like, this guy that has three lines, just so you know, uh, he's got a kid who's going to be raised without a father. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a weird shaming of the audience for not giving a shit about this guy. Like, yeah. Oh, by the way, that guy who you thought was like white noise in this movie? Yeah. He's got a family. He's, he's got, got a family. life. Mrs. Pooch and Baby Pooch. And they both died going back to their home planet. <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's good um so uh then okay so swan then calls a mystery person to drop the bomb off at the museum hold on okay. hold on hold on joe okay. yeah. so swan calls the police station yes okay and they're doing the thing you gotta trace the call you gotta trace the call keep them on the line you gotta trace the call right. swan is calling from a payphone. yes I assume the police department has caller ID. For payphones. For any phones. And payphones oh. all have phone numbers. So they're like, you right. got to track this number. You got to track this number. Oh, that's a great point. This is not <laughs> some sort of. He's not on. And this is 2001. 
he could just be on his cell phone. <laughs> totally. But he's on a payphone. They're like, you got to track the payphone. You got to track the payphone. You got to track. Just look at the phone number and then call the payphone company and be like, hey, where's this phone? Or just set out an APB for anybody who's nearby. Yeah. It's just like this whole tracking thing is completely unnecessary because they Angie must be on a lunch break because Angie would be like, we got the phone number right here. Let's just call the <laughs> let's just call Pac Bell and ask him where this where this where this payphone is. Hey guys, this is policing 101 here. Yeah. Guys, the phone like he's like, you got we got to figure out where he is. And Angie's just like pointing at the caller ID like is right is right, is right here. Got it. You guys, it's right here. You didn't have to ask me. I They're got like, it. Angie, you're a genius. <laughs> Angie, you are precious. <laughs> um, what? Where would we be? Where would no, we be with that? That'd Angie? be better if Angie's doing all this great police work and they're just like, oh, you. Like, we're trying to do police work over here. Well, no, it'd be great if she was the rookie. She's yeah. the rookie. So they're just like, oh, you got a lot to learn, Rook. Yeah, come on, Angie. This 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 whole game, this is about 90% dick swinging, all right? Um, so then Swan calls the mystery person to drop the bomb off at the museum. Yeah. Everyone got a bomb threat, including the captain's wife. Is Hopper just, like, hanging up and dialing and hanging up and dialing and hanging up and dialing? Or does he, like have a call center in like India that he hired to like call in bomb threats. Right. Right. He's like, all you guys do all day. You just call in bomb threats. Call in when bomb the threats time for comes. They're like, <laughs> they're like, you're going to get a bomb. Also, are you happy with your long distance provider? <laughs> <laughs> trying to kill two birds with one stone here. I'm trying to eat dinner. <laughs> I got kids to feed. Come on. Um, Nettles interrogates Claire one more time. She says they should use her as bait. Or she says that they should use her as bait. That's her idea. And then Nettles pretends like it's his idea later. Because he's Which, he's a captive of this, this situation. Yeah. This is part two of the scene where she realizes that she can just say whatever she wants. And yep. Nettles goes along with it. Yeah. She's like, just, uh, you know how I'm an accomplice? I'm an accomplice. You, you found me with the bad guy. I know all of his whole deal. I've admitted to working with him. What you should do is you should just let me wander away. Just let me go out there. And then everything will get better. It'll be fine. It'll work. And Nettles is like, yeah. Tom Sizemore's like, well, I'll probably get the movie over faster. So <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and do this. She's like, like, come on. She's, she's like, imagine how grateful everyone is going to be that you crack this case. They're going to be so happy. They're going to be chanting your name. Just think they're going to be like, Nettles, Nettles. <laughs> and it just like cuts to his brain. He's, and like, he's like, people are just like, He's like crowd surfing. Yeah, he's like, wow. It wow. <laughs> was like, wow. And it like he like they like crowd surf him to to the chief, and the chief's like, Nettles, you did it. And he gives him a trophy that just says world's best cop. And he's like, his, his fucking wife comes and kisses him on the cheek <laughs> and he hoists his kid back up on his arm. He's like, Wow. Wow. Um so son, um okay. Uh, bu- bu- bu. lots going on like really quick here. Yeah, so. just they spent so much, they wasted so much time in this movie, and they're like, guys, we only got it's like a real like death machine scenario. We're like, guys, we only got like 90 minutes worth of film. We got to well, get going. Or or it's a really like Glimmer Man scenario. This seems to be a Seagal trend. Yeah, where it's slow, a lot of slow, time, slow, and then brah. Yeah. Uh, Angie is doing work again. 
has a list of buildings Brandon Manning designed, including City Hall. Uh-oh. Smash cut to a pizza place exploding. Smash cut to a restaurant exploding. And then police clearing a building that is suspected of having a bomb. Yeah. It's um just all of a sudden it's just like bombs are everywhere. How does Dennis Hopper plant all these bombs? <laughs> He's got a team, remember? Called in the boys. Oh, yeah. I guess he did call in the boys. The boys, again, off screen. Tell, off. don't show. Well, but he does show them very briefly. Uh, at the end. So Swan contacts Vincent. Oh, here we go. Yep. Swan contacts Vincent, a new henchman, and holy shit, it's Ice-T. It's Ice-T. He has, like, what, two lines? Yep. <laughs> he just all of a sudden, in the we're about an hour and ten minutes into this hour and a half movie, just Ice-T shows up. He's just there. Yeah, and he's, he's just like, like the he's head always of this been there. Yeah. He's like, all right, Vincent, I need you to go plant this bomb in City Hall. He's like, you got it, Chief. <laughs> I feel like if like George Lucas had a hold of these movie of this movie, there'd be like a special edition that comes out in 20 years where all the scenes with like Vershbow and him, there's just like iced tea like superimposed into it. Like, right. yeah, boss, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, he's like in the background. He's like, like Yeah, good idea. He's like, he's like, uh, like, Vershbow, you're giving him a hard time, but we got to listen to the chief. He knows what he's talking about. And like the scene with like the, the, the standoff with where Jamie Presley's knocked out, where Nas gets killed. He like comes around the corner in the background, like stops and like looks and like backs, (laughs) backs up. (laughs) Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Swan. Yep. There it is. Uh, so Vincent is overseeing the setup of multiple bombs at some building, which yeah. ends up being City Hall. Yeah. Uh, He's got a message for the people in the streets, not the people of City Hall. That's right. Uh, Nettles tries to convince the captain to use Claire as bait. So this is now Nettles pretending that Claire's plan is his plan. Yeah. There's a there's a term called a useful idiot. Yes. <laughs> Some a man who somehow has the authority to get things done somehow made his way up the ladder, but he's dead behind the eyes. It's a real uh, uh, Paul Walker situation. Yeah. Smash cut to sting scene where Claire is wearing a tracking device. Artie drops her off, gives her her watch back, then tells her that someone tried to steal her property by impersonating her lawyer. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Claire starts running away from the warehouse after Artie leaves, and Nettles follows her. It was like, she like sprints away, is like, well, probably should have seen that coming. He's like, oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's a bad guy, isn't she? So, Jeff, how did, how the hell did Artie get in a helicopter so fast? Because smash cut and Artie's up in the sky. Dude. Artie fly in the sky. Everybody's always in and out of this helicopter at any given moment. This helicopter rules. He literally just drove away. Then as he's driving away, she runs. Nettles is like, I'm following her. And Artie's already in the helicopter. The sky's like, I got her. (laughs) He teleports. It's insane. Okay, so. A undercover FBI... Oh, we get undercover FBI who rip off their hobo costumes and pursue. That was awesome. 
Like they just have like FBI guys just like dressed like homeless people and they have like shotguns in their cart. Dude, it's it's they got a whole operation going. They're like a tag team. Uh, Vincent awaits Swan's authorization to arm the bomb, then arms it, thus completing his story arc. Because <laughs> he does not show up in the final. You think maybe he'll be in the final scene? Nope. Nope. He's gone. That's it. That's all of I see. Sets the bombs up. That's it. <clears throat> well, the best part about that is he's like activate, and then he passes along the message activate, and the guy's like activating stage one. It's like all right, stage one activated. They said activate like four times in three seconds. And then he's like, I hear they got a good falafel place around here. <laughs> yeah, I just want to go get some falafel. Uh, Swan picks up Claire because she's run away. But Swan picks her up in a car. Now we get a chase scene that is shot almost entirely from within Swan's car. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And um, my brother's friend who worked on this movie, his first instinct was I had nothing to do with this scene because <laughs> this CGI is real. The composition on it is real bad. Jamie Presley is green from the green yes. screen. Yes. It is horrible. And she's already kind of pale throughout this movie. She's got like the dark circles under her eyes. She's pale. And now she's green. And it just looks horrible. She looks yeah. horrible. And she's an attractive person. She looks horrible in this scene. Um, Claire removes her tracker and then tosses it out the window. She was evil all along. Who knew? She's the uh, she's the cipher of this movie. She's the puppet master behind the whole thing. Right. Um, Claire grills Swan over trying to take the watch, then has Swan pull over so she can detonate the bomb. Swan says he loves Claire. Please reach out and touch someone. And then Claire goes to the thing, to the payphone, and he sees Claire smirk at him from the payphone, and then his car blows up. He's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah, he's like, this isn't good. But she drops the Han Solo line on him. What did she say? I I love you. She says, I know. Yeah, that's not what you want to hear. That's not what you want to hear. (laughs) That's not the the response you want. Uh, Glass tells Nettles that Swan's car blew up. But Claire is gone. Nettles realizes... So yeah, he sees the dead body in the car. No, Joe, you're really underselling this scene. There is a charred dead body that is on its back on the pavement, but it's in a seated position with its arms up like it's holding a steering wheel. But it's like <laughs> up in the air. Like it's like if you take a an, an action figure like a G.I. Joe and put it make it make it look like it's sitting in a car and then you put it on its back. That's what this charred body looks like. And it's just delicately sitting next to the to oh, a I frame, missed that. to a frame of a vehicle. Charged which that's frame. not. That's not how these BMWs are made, first of all. That the tires are still okay. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yep. And decisions, so from all of that... were made. From all of that, Glass, Glass realizes that the girl isn't there anymore. Yes. Uh, but, but Swan is dead. Um, Nettles realizes Claire's trying to blow up City Hall because it was one of the dozens of buildings her husband worked on. And it was one of the dozens of buildings her husband worked on, and there was, and City Hall was on television behind him. And there's a benefit that's happening tonight. Well, it's just like he's like all these buildings. And he like turns. He's like, well, it's probably City Hall. I mean, it's right there on TV. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's the way cops worked, where they like hit a dead end and then they turn to the TV that's on, and they're like, wait a minute, 
The Teletubbies. <laughs> I think the bombs on the Starship Enterprise. Oh my God! Of course. And somebody changes the channel, and he's like, "And Craig T. Nelson is involved in this." Uh, Bill Cosby. I thought we got him. Oh, oh boy. Um, so anyway, gotta, gotta cut that out of the pod. Oh, well, <laughs> they're not all winners. Uh, Nettles realizes Claire. Yep. Yep. The editing in this movie is a nightmare. Sorry, Ryan Costa. This is another time that uh, daytime and nighttime are just suggestions. And, and and it's just there's there's. So there's shots of cars like if I if I put a camera and I was lying down on a sidewalk and then I just let a car drive by me. That's one of them, the shots. And then there's another shot of, like, you know, going sideways across building windows, but it's way too close. It's a lot of, like, padding it out with stock footage is what it feels like. It's all disorienting. It's like, wait, what's happening? Joe, so we get daytime, nighttime, just a suggestion. Live shot of City Halls at night. Then it's daytime with Steven Seagal. Then we're at a Halloween party. Then we're at Steven Seagal. And then I wrote, am I having a stroke? Who are these guys? What is happening? <laughs> is this at City Hall? Who are these people? It's, it's nighttime. Just, it's just like they stopped editing. Like they were just <laughs> like, yeah, just throw the shots together. It's fine. Hey, how much more footage we got? Yeah, just throw it all together. We'll be good. Just throw it all together. They're like, in any order? He's like, yeah, the order we filmed it, that's fine. It doesn't matter. You know? It's like, we did some establishing shots. Do you want those? Yeah, just put it all in there. Put it in. It's lunch. Go, go. I um, want the falafels. Yeah, they're, 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 it's like a real fucking, like, it's uh, like an adaptation know. situation where the, yes. movie, <laughs> the movie and the movie maker start to come. The movie makers are also interested in going to lunch. They just want to get this. It cuts back and it's Nettles putting the movie together. And he's like, this is fine. This is good. I don't care. And there's an Angie intern who's like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Steven Seagal's over his shoulder. He's like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good final cut. Yeah. Uh, When's lunch? Uh, So benefit opening is a Halloween party. We see that. I don't oh. know that. We don't know that. This is a completely different location, I think. This is City Hall, right? This is the benefit. But the City Hall has, like, a, like a theater entrance. Like, there's, like, a theater at City Hall. <laughs> it's a wing. It's a new wing. It's a party oh, wing. Oh, it's the party wing. Okay, it's the party, it's wing, the party of, wing. That, wing of- that <laughs> classic part of City Hall we know and love. The party wing. The rave wing. The rave wing. <laughs> the rave wing. Uh, I, Oak. I knew it was a bad idea to, to elect Mayor Tiesto. DJ Tiesto. <laughs> Mayor Chad. <laughs> Mayor Deadmouse. Mayor Deadmouse. Uh, oh, cool. Someone's wearing a crow costume. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, all of these wealthy benefactors got their costumes at the 99 cent store. It's like they put out a call for extras and they were like, come in a costume. Whatever you can find. Because there is a plastic clown mask. There's a plastic skeleton mask. There's the plastic witch mask. There's all the plastic masks that you can find at the 99 cent store. Yeah, this really feels like they put out an ad on like early Craigslist. Where they're like, just come in, be an extra. There's a guy in a Santa hat. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Uh, Glass wears a ski mask while he rains bullets on the terrorists from a helicopter. They are getting a lot of use out of this helicopter. 
Dude, they love this helicopter. They love it. Uh, did Nettles just shoot a SWAT member? Very hard to tell. <laughs> okay, so you got SWAT guys in black tack team gear. Yes. With with rifles, uh-huh. with automatic rifles, and then you got uh-huh. bad guys in black tack team gear with automatic rifles. Joe, I have no idea what happens in any of these scenes. I don't know who I'm rooting for. There's just random guys shooting at each other that I have no idea who these people are. Except for Tom Sizemore has the laziest one shot I've ever seen in my life. Like, he's just, like, wandering down the hallway and a guy comes around the corner. He's just like, eh. (laughs) He doesn't even wait to see who they are. He's just like, oh, it's a guy? This guy just comes around the corner. He's just like, ah, you're dead now. I don't know who you were, but you're not my problem anymore. But you aren't anymore. (laughs) Um... Uh, yeah, Seagal can't fight, so they edit the scene with a billion cuts to make it look like he takes out ten guys. He does the Will Sasso thing from Mad TV, where he just, like, guys run up on him and he just, like, flips their wrist and they just go flying. But you can tell they don't even really want to show it, because they're cutting it so fast that they're just like, hey, we'll do a cut where, like, a guy's coming at Seagal, then we'll do a cut of the guy flying, then we'll do the cut of the guy with Steven Seagal standing over him, like he did <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <laughs> Um, also, it's very dark. They, they, this so is not dark. by mistake how dark this scene is. Uh, a man flies out a window, and we get a fading scream. No visual. Don't know. Good guy? Bad guy? Who knows? Tom Sizemore doesn't know. Steven Seagal doesn't know. These are just, oh. these are just guys. Also, that would be kind of cool to show in an action movie. A guy falling from a building? Nope. Hell down show. Get, we get a... Psh, uh... <laughs> My favorite part of action movies is when things happen off screen is when the yes. action happens off screen. That's the best part. It's the key to any great action movie. It's why I watch action movies, but I never turn on my television. I just like to hear the action happening. That's right. I go into the other room and I fold laundry. I have a mind palace of a movie. I just, I just need the audio cues. That's right. Uh, a terrorist shoots and explodes a giant glitter ball onto the crowd and they don't appreciate it. Dude, glitter gets everywhere. It gets, dude, they're going to be finding glitter everywhere, which also, I, what I don't understand, Terrace comes in. He's like, I know what I'll shoot. The glitter ball. That's right. There's, there's, there's a glitter ball maybe 15 feet above in the air, and he's like, let me just fire off this warning shot into the glitter ball instead of killing people. Right. Um, so, Nettles meets up with Glass. And Glass says, hey, brother, what took you so long? I don't know. I had to waste 10 minutes running around empty hallways and pretending to fight. You? Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Uh, who are, who are you? Hey, who are you fighting? I don't know. Some guys. Some guys. They could have been our guys. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Nobody introduced themselves. Nobody's really sure who anybody is. Yeah. No. Who, who has control of this situation again? Who's in charge? Nobody. Who's in charge? At the beginning, we had a scene where everybody was in charge and everybody was there. And now it's just like pandemonium. It's just whatever you want to do. Uh, Nettles reminds us about the toxic waste dump revenge plot, which feels like the fifth time we've heard heard this. The toxic waste dump in downtown San Francisco. Right. Nettles gets the basement. Glass gets the roof. They split Mm -hmm. up. Glass encounters a guy with a gun who tells him to stay back and he shoots him. He's like, he's got a gun pointed. Okay, this I need to explain this. Glass is coming upstairs onto the roof. 
There's a guy there guarding that spot. There's a the shot gun. in the trailer of this. Yeah. He comes up the stairs and it, it like focuses from the gun to Seagal. The gun is pointed right there. And yeah. so the terrorist idea, course of action, is to say, to stay back. <laughs> <laughs> the terrorist that has no qualms in killing people because they set up bombs all over the city is like, I'm not going to have your blood on my hands, dude. I'm yes. going to give you fair warning. Stay back. By the way, I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Glass. Yeah. Uh, he patiently waits. Oh, Glass. Glass then waits for the slowest terrorist in the world to line up a shot. Oh, no, he kills this guy. Then there are other terrorists that he sees. And then he has his gun out and ready to go. But the other guys are fumbling with it. So, you know, being the great guy that he is, Glass waits there for them to line up their shots. And, and then he, he needs just, it to be sporting. And then he just backs off. <laughs> well, re- you know what he's doing, Joe, is he's paying back the favor because when he was in the hallway fighting like eight guys, presumably at least one of them had a pistol they could have just put up to his temple and pulled the trigger. But sure. they all were sporting about it. So he's paying yep. back. He's paying, paying back. forward. Yeah, he's he's being a good guy. They're criminals. They're not monsters, Joe. It's true. Yeah, they're people like you and me. Just took a different turn. Mm-hmm. Um. Can't tell if they're shooting this chase scene in semi-slow motion, the foot chase scene, or if Seagal is just really fat and slow. Probably some combination of both. Probably both. And this is where we get, I love this shooting scene right here after Seagal's on the roof, because it's just random close-ups of guns. Yeah. Just like the muzzle of the gun going off. And you're like, who is shooting this? At who? (laughs) What is happening? Where's, like this, the last 20 minutes of this movie was there, like, like the the reports do in 15 minutes. Yeah. Or it's or it's like you're taking the written final and you're like, oh god, I have five minutes left. You're like, I just have to get these thoughts on the page and maybe I get partial credit for it. All right, this is the important stuff. And yeah. Everything else is whatever. We'll we'll wing it. Well, we'll wing it. We got it. Um, glass kills all the guys, including one holding a grenade, which rolls and blows up the remaining guys. Yeah, this is where I said I wrote down. I'm very anxious to talk about this movie because from the, I literally have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> I was like, I really hope I wrote, I really hope Joe knows what's going on right now because I don't. Dude, I have no idea what's <laughs> going on right now. I didn't even want to watch this movie after like five minutes of watching it. it. Just, at this point, it just turns into chaos. Just things happening. I felt like physically ill about writing these notes. I was like, I'm missing something. I have to be, I have to be missing something. Um, so Glass fights some more guys in the dark, and that's the end of him. Then we go back to Nettles. Nettles finds the bomb in the basement along with Claire. Mm-hmm. Nettles says, Claire, put your hands in the air now. Don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. And Claire gives her psycho stare, and he's like, don't make me do this. <laughs> Joe, what does he do? Uh, he punches her right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> she just crumples. Well, she spouts some psychologic first, and then Nettles does what he does best, and he punches her right in the face, and she just collapses. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Nettle, which is arguably his most effective move as a police officer. It's the it's only the, thing he does that gets any results. It's the only thing that's worked so far. Um, Nettles' bomb is going is gonna to go off in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So he calls Glass to tell him, but Glass has a bomb of his own on the roof. Mm-hmm. Glass says, Nettles, I got a fey bomb up here. 
in case you were wondering what that is, Black Ops use this over in Africa a lot. It's a wide cloud of highly unstable gas suspended over the city. When it's ignited, the shock waves will shoot down and kill everybody breathing. There is zero sense of urgency here. Zero sense of urgency. And Joe, I'd like to point this thing. He's basically calling it a city killer, right? He's like, it's going to kill. We use these in Africa a lot. <laughs> well, they We're said just... they they use no. these in Africa. Oh, Black, Black Ops. Ops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Black Ops use these in Africa. So we're just leveling cities in Africa just like all the time. I and, guess. And the San Francisco Police Department bomb squad guy is in on the information. <laughs> I just want to point out, he is the San Francisco Police Department bomb squad guy. So Jeff, this is a good time. This is as good a time as ever. And there's about to be a key piece of evidence that will back this up to present my theory here. I don't think Glass knows anything about bombs <laughs> no, or I any don't. of them. I think he might be some whack job that just kind of like is in the station. He just wings it. He showed up one day is like, oh, yeah, you cut uh, that one. He's like, And in his mind, he's like, you know, if I'm wrong, everyone's dead. So I guess <laughs> I don't know the consequences. <laughs> That's true. He's like, I can ride this thing all the way to the end. <laughs> it's like roulette, except when you, you lose, you die. So it doesn't even matter. No one even knows. <laughs> That's have you seen Psych, Joe? No. So the the thing with Psych is that James Roday is very like he's just very perceptive. Yeah. And so figures out these cases before the police, but they think that he's involved with them. So he's like, no, 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 I'm psychic. Right. And so it's the same thing where he's like, well, I just got to keep pretending that I know Bomb Squad stuff um, until uh, I die. I guess. I guess that's what I have to do. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um. Also, there are times where it seems like Seagal dubbed over his own voice as if he got exhausted mid-sentence. I wouldn't doubt that. There are times where he's talking and then it cuts away and you clearly hear a break in the audio and he's like talking in a sound room. Yeah, he's doing ADR, like mid-sentence it switches to ADR. And it's always when he's, because there's a lot of moments in this movie where he's just kind of like, you can kind of hear the heavy breathing behind some of his lines like he's oh man well joe he ran those 20 steps like 10 minutes ago he's, he's right. a little bit out of breath give him cut him a break he's only That's an true. action movie star joe he's not a <laughs> he's only an international action movie star um the bomb's about to go off so this is a perfect opportunity for a life coaching moment this is actually where i think that you're correct in your theory that he doesn't know what he's doing. Cause he's just like, he's seen a bomb and he just kind of explains what a bomb is to Tom Sizemore. And he's like, all right, you got to figure it out. But yeah. then he just gives him this whole speech. Like he gives him a longer speech than like instructions on how to defuse this bomb. Well, yeah, because yeah, the first <laughs> like 70 to 80% of what he tells him is, is this nettles must go beyond hope and fear, not be attached to living or dying and understand that death is just another stage on the, <laughs> you have to be able to feel it and the, and the way you'll be able to learn how to feel is by coming to know the nature of your mind and even if you do go today you'll be back oh okay <laughs> yeah. this is more of his speech this is like he's like all right tom sizemore just there's some wires pull one whatever but first let me give you the speech about if you if you die you die 
Yeah, Jeff, say that one more time. Say that speech. Uh, you have to be able to feel it. And the way you'll be able to learn how to feel is by coming to know the nature of your mind. And even if you do go to the... Oh, <laughs> everybody dies. Does, so I, I, I like to think what happens is Tom Sizemore is like, all right, so I think I pull wire A. And then he's like, you know what? This guy won't shut up. And he just pulls wire. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. This guy... I have nothing left to live for. At least I'll take this guy out of, you know, this guy I'll be done for his troubles. Right. So this triggers memories of Nettle's creepy son and wife waving 20 times. The <laughs> only memory he has of his family is them immediately before they die. Yeah, that's, maybe, maybe he didn't have such a great family life or home life. Yeah. Uh, or this is a dream because Nettles fell asleep while Glass is talking. And when he wakes up, Glass is still fucking talking. <laughs> Uh, Glass begins guiding Nettles through the disarming process. First, he tells him to find a hole that will grant him access to the inside of the bomb. And there's like 20 holes. Yeah. Uh, then he tells him to feel around for stuff, but don't touch the soft stuff. Is he just teaching Nettles how to finger a girl? <laughs> oh, come on, Joe. But I, what I love about this is he's like, all right, you found this. You did. Okay. You found that. Yeah. Okay. Don't do anything with that. Yeah, don't do that. Because he's like, that's a decoy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's so so Nettles finds wires. Glass says they should be yellow and black with red. Then he's like, wait, don't do that. Shut, stop. <laughs> this is a setup. It's too easy. And he can tell all of this over walkie-talkie. Because remember, he's yeah. not in the room. Sizemore's not giving him any feedback. He's like, no. this is what you should see. Wait, no, this doesn't make sense. This is too easy. This is all in your mind. You have not seen this bomb, Steven Seagal. Yeah, Nettles could be, like, hyperventilating in the corner at this point. It's just, like, yeah. passed out from stress. <laughs> um, final step. Nettles must pop the timer switch while pulling out the yellow wires, which he can't see and has to guess at. And he's like, which one do I pull? He's like, pick one. <laughs> just pick one. <laughs> really? Pick one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Nettles relaxes. Takes a deep breath, gets zen, then pulls out both the yellow and blue wires, and there's no explosion. He's just like, you know what? Worst case scenario, I die. So he told him to pull the yellow wire out, right? I'm not mistaken? Correct. So he did do that, but he also pulled out the blue one, which, Jeff, this raises the question. Can you just pull out all the wires at once? That's what like, I want to know. Group all the wires together, yank them at the same time. Does that... I mean, it works for, like, a computer. It'll definitely break the computer if you just pull all the wires out, so... Or if you just take a shoe and smash it, the control panel. <laughs> that, um, or just shoot it. Shoot I it. Why, I don't know why I said it like that, but yeah, you just he just pulls out his gun and just, just lazily shoots it. Right. Uh, Nettles relaxes. Oh, we did that. Glass turns his attention to the Fey bomb. Okay, now it's Glass's turn. And we expect, I mean, this is the real advanced bomb. This is yeah. the one that, like, it's got all the wires. It's the Fey bomb. Remember he went on and on about it? Um, so he pretends to do some shit, then just cuts the blue and orange green stripe. Blue, orange, and green stripe wires, and there's no explosion. That's it. This was the visual equivalent of bomb gibberish. Like, he's, like, checking the computer gib. I'm like, none of this means anything to me. He's got a little, like, hand mirror like the yep. dentists use to like check things and he like goes to pull one wire and he's like, no, nah, not that. And he just like, clips it and he's like, we're clear. 
rushing over all the wires. They don't even show him really clipping the wires. Like he just, it shows a quick cut of him with the scissors around a bundle of wires. Then it cuts away and he's like closing the control panel and getting up. (laughs) New theory, Joe. Steven Seagal is just like, well, the jig is up. Let me just pretend like I defused this bomb. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fantastic. He's like, all right, guys, we got him. Let's get out of here. Let's move. Let's let's move. (laughs) Go. Where are we going? I don't care. Not here. Away. Away from here. And that explains why the movie ends with that weird speech, because uh, that'd be great if it's just the weird speech, and it's just <laughs> they cut to that cop car driving away. It's just, just, just a giant see, mushroom cloud, like some cloud, like some some like mist falling down on the city as they're leaving. Um, yeah, that'd be great if this was like glass coming to terms, because he he understands what's about to happen. Yeah, that explains why he's like, dude, it's just another stage on the playground. You know, you just it, if you die, you die. And then I bet it's he's not running bad. He was talking to himself, right. diffusing the fey bomb. And he's just like, I got I got nothing. Yeah. If it showed nettles, you'd see nettles going. The fuck are you talking? About? <laughs> he's just like looking at the walkie talkie. Just like, bro, what do you what? Something's not what right. What fire do I cut? Something's not right. <laughs> so that's my theory is he he just like knew the jig was up and he's like, all right, well, we're all going to die anyways. Might as well not get anybody upset over it. Right. So Glass and Nettles are walking away. This is this final scene. And Glass says, go on, man. Talk to them. Oh, dude, better, better. Okay, wait, I got to finish this first. Go on, man. Talk to them. They'll listen. Love never dies. And neither do they. Love is eternal. And that's a long time. Thanks, Han. So he's walking into light and mist. Jeff, what if they're dead? <laughs> what if they're already dead? Sizemore blew the bomb. That's yeah. why it was so easy for Seagal to take off his bomb, and then they just walk off into the sunset. Yeah, dude, this is this could be a brilliant ending, actually, because, like, Seagal, like, in the middle of looking at all these wires, he's like, wait a minute. None of this matters. None he's like, this, this is a dream. Sense. This is a dream. Yeah. Oh my God, are they in heaven? And the car is the um, the guy that takes you across the river sticks. Yes, it's it's an allegory <laughs> for the the boat, the guy who takes yeah. you across the river sticks. Oh my God, that, yeah, that's um that's a perfect ending, Joe. Perfect ending. So that's the end of that piece of shit, Jeff. Joe, how'd you like that movie? Unenjoyable, thoroughly. <laughs> very bad, Joe. I did not. And I, I texted you maybe 10 minutes into watching this for the first time. I was like, I fucking hate this movie. And you're like, Joe, you got to learn to like enjoy, appreciate the little things. And I was like, OK, maybe. And then I just kept watching. I was like, this sucks. Like in the pantheon of movies. Of enjoyable and unenjoyable, you could not have a bigger gap between Glimmer Man and this for me. Glimmer Man was right up there with Death Machines. This is pretty much down there with the assignment not no. all the way at the assignment but like in the next tier right above the assignment no, it was joe, not you, a treat to watch for joe me. you've got angie you've got dennis hopper's selective irish accent which is incredible uh-huh you've got uh tom sizemore just physically incapable of not punching jamie presley in the face right <laughs> okay <laughs> you've got you've got nas dispensing life advice well, he got Nas keeping his eyes open and then closing them mid-death. 
There are so many. There's something great in this movie every five minutes. I don't think that's true. I think I think there are good things maybe every 10 to 15 minutes and they're quick and they're quick hits. And then you got to put up with 14 more minutes of just wasting time droning on Joe counterpoint. (laughs) Ice T just shows up for 30 seconds, two thirds of the way through the movie and then disappears. And he's gone. That was kind of okay. That was bad. (laughs) Um, Jeff, so, yeah. your thoughts? You liked it more. It seems like it was all right. I'm I'm starting to lean into these action movies, these bad action movies. That's good. I have, to, I have to find the joy in this. Jeff, I love the Glimmer Man. I'm not gonna lie. Gl- Glimmer Man was a bad movie, but I had a lot of fun. Glimmer Man was much better than this. I will give you that. But to put this down with the assignment, Joe. Okay. I, well, I'm trying to put up. It's almost in its own tier, right above the assignment. And what was that other movie we hated? Uh, which one? After Earth? Yeah, yeah. So Assignment and After Earth are clearly at the bottom. This is not that much higher for me. Oh, Joe, 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 no, no, no. This movie's fantastic, Joe. He's got to lean into the Seagal. He's got to lean into it. You got to do what I did and like watch like the the Come Town bit I sent you about Steven Seagal. You got to watch the Tom Segura. You just got to lean into Seagal. Got to watch the no. Will Sasso, Steven Seagal stuff. You just got to lean into the absurdity of it all. I wanted to. I do love Seagal. I like. I love watching him. But like, even this movie, it was just like, it wasn't enough Seagal. There wasn't enough of the shitty fighting. They edited it all out. That he's, was he's, something that I was worried about with this movie because I was like, Dennis Hopper, Tom Sizemore. It really feels like Steven Seagal is going to be a side character, and, and he, he kind was. of was. Yeah, that's true. There wasn't enough Seagal to go around. And he was just it, it it they left in the most annoying part of him and, and made it his whole character, which is give life advice, pretend to be enlightened and go on and on and be like obnoxiously like pretentious about things that nobody cares about. Yeah, it's um that that's true. It's the worst parts of Seagal without the good parts. Yeah, that's how yeah. I felt about it. So yeah. hopefully we'll get back on the right track with. Uh, what is that movie called? Flight of Fury? Did I make that up? No, it is called Flight of Fury. 2007's <laughs> Flight of Fury. That's what we're going to be watching next week. Um, let me look that up real quick. Let me pull up that IMDb description here. This one is on Amazon Prime. And uh, this one is when John is sent. Sorry, John is sent in to recover a steel bomber. Period. That's <laughs> the first sentence of this description. John is sent in to recover a stolen self bomber. Period. His trusty sidekick, Rojar, and ever-faithful <laughs> Jessica fight the rebel forces of, of Bonanzistan, led by the vivacious Ilana. Writers. Steven Seagal. Oh, boy. Could this be the infamous script that this kept could, him <laughs> This could be the script. This one is on Amazon Prime. It stars Steven Seagal, Steve Toussaint, Angie McInnes, uh... I, I feel good about this one, Joe. I feel good because nobody else can. It seems like no one else can upstage Steven Seagal in this. I know none of those names. Yeah. And Joe, the uh, the tagline to this movie is a flight, pa- a flight plan to freedom. There we go. Don't, don't know what that means. <laughs> I like to think that somebody who'd never seen the movie just saw the poster and was like, uh, that's the tagline. Flight plan to freedom. Here we go. Are you excited? I'm excited. No. No.
No, I am. I'm very excited. So, all right, we will be back next time with the pre-action to 2007's Flight of Fury. And uh, we thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you didn't like what you heard, just subscribe. That's all I care about. If we're being brutally honest here. I just like the numbers going up. I just like if to you, see the numbers go up, Joe. If you didn't like our podcast, you gotta be more zen. You gotta be more zen. Touch someone. <laughs>